What's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Folks, you are here on a very special day. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Uh, this is year 12 of this podcast. If you're new, if you're just tuning in new, if you saw my name and number scrolled on a bathroom wall, not unlike Tommy Two-Tone putting Jenny's number on the wall, 867-5309, that's where you call Jenny for a good time. Uh, for a good time, for a good time call. That's me doing uh, Tommy Two-Tone. Uh, and nothing says topical podcast like me bringing up Tommy Two-Tone in the first minute of the goddamn show. Does it? Nothing says year 12 of successful podcast than me bringing you the, the banterings and the stylings of a Tommy, a Thomas. You know what? Fuck that. He's grown up now. Fuck that Tommy nonsense. This is Thomas Two-Tone coming to you with an eight, a six, a seven, a hyphen, a five, a three, a zero, and a nine. Now, I know what you're thinking to yourselves. Look. I want a good time. How do I get a hold of this lady? Well, I told you, 8675309. And you're like, well, wait a minute. We're short an area code there. And as you know, with a phone, you've got to dial an area code all the time now to get a certain lady or whoever the fuck you want to talk to on the goddamn phone. And I'm here to tell you, look, I can't do all the heavy lifting for you people. So here's what it is. Jenny, while uh, although she's willing to service you and give you a good time, she will give you her phone number, 8675309. However... Jenny will not furnish you with the area code. It is up to you. It is incumbent upon you to get out your magnifying glass and your houndstooth hat and your fat partner, Dr. Watson, and you're going to do some cocaine there on Baker Street, and you're going to go ahead and sit in front of the fire while the fucking English maid makes you rabbit's foot stew or whatever the fuck, and then you're going to piece this mystery together in order to get laid. And that's what, and, and isn't it worth the legwork? If you're thinking, because I'll tell you what, Jenny's certainly worth it. That's why she's put the, that's why I went national. That's why I went viral. You know, in the old days, we would just call this, hey, her number was on the wall. But now Jenny's gone viral, man. 867-5309. Anybody, because think about what what she's done for you. And also Tommy Two-Tone. With the assistance of Tommy Two-Tone. Look, Jenny couldn't have done this by herself. She needed a national voice like Thomas Two-Tone to go ahead and bring to you exactly what her number was. So she's like, look, here's the thing. I want a lot of cock. All right. And possibly even some vaginas. I would like all of this into my life. I want to be smothered by genitals. So here's what I go. I call up a Thomas Two-Tone. I go, hey, I'm Jenny. Here's my number, 8675309. However, I'm not easy, Tommy. I'm not cheap. I'm not a slut. So if someone wants me, they have to they have to do the legwork and they have to figure out the area codes. So it's a weird dichotomy. Like Jenny's like, hey, I just want to be buried in cock. But at the same fucking time. Uh, I can't let these guys think that I'm, I'm easy. I can't be a pushover for it. So as much as she desires that much cock in her life and willing to throw her phone number up on the wall and go viral with it, courtesy of our friend Thomas, the double T, Tommy T, TT. That's what I call that. That's a weird symbol noise. Jenny wants to make sure that you know that she's still a lady. She's still a lady. So she'll give you her phone number, but not the area code. And it's up to you. It's incumbent upon you to go ahead and do the, the, the hardcore legwork in finding Jenny and then fucking giving her the rail that she's been trying to deserve this entire goddamn time by sharing her number with the world. 867-5309. Again, if you don't know it, take it down. Thomas Two-Tone and I are sharing it with you right now. 867-5309. Well worth your time. I'll tell you, Jenny, she gets the fucking job done. But you, I'm sorry, it's not that easy. You got to put in some legwork and find the area code. Again, as I've mentioned, nothing says 2019, nothing says 12th year of successful podcast like me bringing up a Thomas Two-Tone in the first fucking five minutes. That's that'll. Oh, my goodness. I tell you what, let's talk about ABC for a second here. Let's talk about the look of love. Our friend Jenny certainly has the look of love. Let's talk about that. Let's bring up all the 80s songs from when I was a child. Jesus 
fucking Christ, what is wrong with me? You've already turned out. You've already tuned off the the, the fucking thing. Turned tuned off, turned out, turned off, tuned out. You've done something. That's what you've done with yourself. Um, I was worried, man. I thought I'd forget how to do this. And, and quite frankly, I'm sure some of you are thinking, well, you probably have. Or at least you you wish I had forgotten to do this or forgotten how to do this. Not forgotten to do this. You guys, are, you're all waiting with bated breath for the new show to come out. And, and, and look, before I get to what I want to talk about, because there's plenty of things I want to talk about. It is it is first show of year 12. Uh, the Dirty Dozen. This is this is show. This is year nine plus three. Ladies and gentlemen, this is year four plus eight. Uh, this is year seven plus five. You know what? I'm going to go this way. It's year five plus seven. And I'm going to say it's year one plus two. And you're like, well, that's only three. Well, no, 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 no. Because you put a one next to a two. Look at that. They're buddies and they make a 12. So this is year dirty dozen, folks. And I'm coming to you with, uh, I don't know, the same shit I brought to you in year one. Look, there's no improvements. Nothing has changed. I'm glad that you're here. I, I wish, again, it's a show where we catalog my life and all the things that have happened within or, or herein. But I will tell you this. Uh, I'm going to warn you up top. Well, first of all, before we get into all that, but this is, uh, let's talk about this before we talk about anything else, because this is clearly the issue on everyone's minds. And I know you guys are waiting for me to address this. Um, this is the first podcast since Saturday Night Live decided to cut me loose after hearing old archives of this show and deciding I wasn't for them going forward. Now, uh, the only statement I'm going to give to you is, uh, this show was mine. It's been mine for a long time and I own and accept everything that I've said in the past. And I know that going forward, that could be an issue. I knew back then it could be an issue. And yet I thought to myself, well, I, all right, or, or let's go the other way. I thought to myself, no one's ever going to hear this bullshit. Maybe that's what I thought going forward. And then sure enough, Lauren Michaels sends an assistant's assistant to call me and go, we want to, we want to hire you for this show. That's me doing my, uh, impression of everybody else. You know how everybody did like the George. George Bush, but everybody wound up doing fucking uh, Dana Carvey's George Bush. Well, that's uh, I'm doing Mike Myers as Lauren Michaels there at that point. We want you to do our show. That's my, that might be Alfred Hitchcock. I don't know what's happening there. These references are just getting worse and worse, by the way. We, for, we were in the 80s. We moved to the 70s with Lauren Michaels. We bumped into the 60s with Hitchcock. Uh, perhaps that sounds like Harry Truman. Never heard the man's voice. Don't know anything about Harry Truman. Um, I know he's the worst of our presidents, and he killed a million fucking people, didn't he? Isn't he the guy who he, he pushed the button for the bomb? Fucking Harry Truman bombed Japan. And look, maybe it ended a war and all that kind of shit, but the Truman family's just got to be fucked. They got to be thinking to themselves every morning, the fucking Truman relatives got to get up. Can you imagine being Harry Truman's great grandson and trying to go to a sushi bar? Holy fuck. How much would you hate yourself every time you walked in the goddamn door? You're like, hey, you know what? I want to have some uh, salmon sashimi. By the way, terribly sorry about your aunt. You know what I mean? That's what you're going to fucking think to yourself when you're fucking Harry Truman's kid or or grandson or great grandson uh, or daughter. Or, or granddaughter or great-granddaughter. Look, I don't want to accept the ladies in the, in the Truman lineage. I'm sure they're wearing the yoke of shame as, as hard as the men are. Uh, although maybe the Truman family, maybe they swing their dick around when they walk into a Japanese place. Maybe they're just like, hey, you know what we want? I want extra ginger. And if you don't do it, maybe make a phone call to the ghost of my grandpa and boom, boom, you know what's happening? Out go the lights. Maybe my grandpa goes Pat Travers on your fucking home country again. So fucking slice me up some thin fish and look the other way. Don't make eye contact with me, motherfucker. I'm fucking turn you into a shadow on this wall. Um, I have to hope the Truman family doesn't uh, go ahead and delve into that. What if they did? What if they were just complete dicks about it? What if they owned the fact that they just fucking pushed the bomb for the button or the button for the bomb? Jesus Christ, my brain. Um, so, yeah, so I, I uh, first of all, I, I clearly, clearly uh, I'm not going to get hired for Saturday Night Live after that. I don't think I don't think the Truman thing's going to get me the job. Maybe maybe that's what rallies me. Maybe that's the thing where they just go, oh, hold on a second. He was thinking along those lines. Let's get this guy a job. Um, 
I don't want to turn this into a soapbox because I'm truly I'm I'm truly well and bored of this fucking story because it's been a week. Because that's the thing. A buddy of mine was like, hey, man, you should go into this and talk about it. And I'm like, ah, and I gave him my thoughts. We, we, we were talking on the way home from the airport as I was driving him. And he's just like, dude, this is fucking awesome. And I'm like, yeah, because it's my buddy doesn't really know. Uh, I mean, he does know what podcasts are, certainly, but he and he's just becoming he's newly uh, exposed to me and my uh, charms or talents or whatever the fuck it is I do. So when I go off and I start talking, he'll look at me and he's just like, Jesus Christ, that's fucking awesome. Like, you should do this uh, for a bunch of people. And I'm like, I kind of do. And he's like, all right, well, then I can see why you've been doing it for 12 years. That's you should be super successful. And I'm like, <laughs> wouldn't you think? Um. But he was like, he's written me a couple times, like, you got to go ahead and talk about this fucking year, you know, and I, I, but the thing is, I don't have a fresh take on it. That's, it's been a week. So that's, that's, um, let's talk about that now. Uh, and it's the thing that's plagued me for the past two years where, uh, I don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks about anything else. I don't, I don't want to hear anybody's take on stuff. I don't want to hear anybody planting their flag. I don't want to hear them giving their dry line in the fucking sand. Well, what I would have done, I don't give a fuck what you would have done at all. But then that reflects poorly on me. Cause then in my brain, I'm like, well, why the fuck would anybody care what the fuck I would have done? Why does anybody want to hear my take on it? Cause if I don't want to hear anybody else's take on it, why the fuck do I think I'm special? Why do I think I'm a card carrying member of the, Hey, here's what I think club. Um, but, but it's been proven out over the course of 11 years, certainly. And we'll see if 12 does the same that people like what I have to say, or at least like how I say it or don't, they just fucking tune into here. If I'm going to step on my dick and I might, uh, might, that seems very weak. I think strong would be, I, I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to step on my dick at some fucking point. We all know that that's, what's going to happen. That's the whole point of this show. I, I step on my dick. Like it's an ottoman in Dick Van Dyke's fucking living room. Um, Holy shit, that's the 60s. That's that's even before Hitchcock. We just presaged Hitchcock with that one, I think. Uh, again, it's a very successful show when you go and work Hitchcock, Dick Van Dyke's dick, uh, an ottoman, and everything else into the fucking... Well, that wasn't Dick Van Dyke's dick, really. I guess it was his ottoman. Uh, and, and my cock. My cock was equal to Dick Van Dyke's ottoman. If you're going to draw them, if you're going to draw a rebus, you're going to draw Dick Van Dyke, and then with a circle over the slash over the Van Dyke, and then have me and then an ottoman, right? Um and look, don't don't hold me to that. I'm not a rebus creator. I, I I just all I do is fucking talk. Ask my friend Jeff, who thinks that I should be talking to people all the time. Hey, you should share your opinion on that. Hey, I kind of do, Jeff. Um, but then he's like, you should do this and that. And I, and and again, I I love that. I love people who have enthusiasm for what I do, and it's it's fun and exciting when somebody hears me for the first time and then they're like, Jesus Christ, you're fucking awesome, because that happens a lot. Uh, as I've talked about in in here, broke you up glory days by Springsteen whenever I would show up and I did like a fucking uh, you know when I when I told that story about story smash I had never done story smash and you could just see that they these people were just like who the fuck is this new guy uh, and when I did Corolla's podcast or whatever the fuck and, and now I'm out of examples but literally when I did Podfest and somebody new would wander in and they'd be like Jesus Christ how the fuck do you do this and I'm like I have no idea no, I, I, there, there's no explanation for it this just fucking happens man it's just me and Thomas two-tone and an open microphone and magic happens that's the way it works um, but I don't have a fresh take. That's the problem. It's been a week too. So I'm, I'm ground to the fucking nub as I'm sure you are by all of the people saying all the bullshit about what's going on and Saturday night live. And there's now a war between, uh, uh, you know, 25 year old white guys and the rest of the world and about how comedy shouldn't be censored and all the, and I don't, I don't fucking know, man, I can't all of this completely and utterly above my pay grade. I, I couldn't possibly hope to say, well, I believe this because then I'm just holding a bubble pipe with stupid fucking glasses and sitting in front of a fireside fucking chat and telling you bullshit while I got my head up my own ass and nobody fucking cares. But I will tell you this, uh, you know, this dude did podcasts and, uh, and the clips surfaced 
And then everybody's like, oh, he, uh, look at these clips. They're racist. And then other people are like, yeah, it's not racist. He was doing a character. And I'm like, his character was racist on podcast. I mean, literally, if you watch the clip, here's the thing. You know how I feel about this. And I'm going to say it. And I'm sure I'm going to be making people upset. And that's fine. Unless you've been here for a long time and you know who we are and you know what we do. Um, funny excuses everything. I believe this for a very long time. I've been doing stand-up comedy. I've been involved in the comedy world, so to speak, for uh, for 30 years. Um, and and I I truly believe that funny excuses everything. If you do, if you do, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can you can you can because Doug Stanhope is a fucking genius. Uh, you know, guys like that, Richard Pryor, fucking genius. These are geniuses who tackled subject matter. And, uh, and, and made it, made it good, made it funny. You know, they're, they're comedians. Lori Kilmartin, uh, is, is an, you know, very funny standup who will, who's willing to go dark. Um, I, I, I just, it can be done. You can sit, you can write, you can, if you take care, you can tackle any subject. As long as it's funny, I don't give a fuck what you say. That's me. Okay. Now podcasts don't lend themselves to laser like focus as indicated by the first fucking eight minutes of this fucking show or wherever the fuck we're at. So, um, Sometimes you can open up a microphone, you start fucking spinning and trading and going back and forth. And who the fuck knows what's going to come out of you? I, I believe me, I am a, a, I am the number one example of that. I'm going to say, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you shit. I said nine years ago, but it is lurking back there waiting for the Truman family to push play and have that fucking bomb go off and ruin a whole other fucking generation of people. Um, so who knows, man, but I will tell you this, uh, funny excuses, everything. And I saw the fucking clips of this dude's podcast. Now, I don't know a fucking thing. I, I'm not judging him in total because I don't know anything about his body, uh, the body of his career. I don't know his whole body of work. I'm judging this dude on, on the fucking six minutes I saw. Okay, that's all I'm talking about. And in the six minutes I saw, I have yet to see a fucking joke. That's it. That's that's the main thing to me. I saw him giggling because he could say dumb shit because he wanted to say dumb shit in front of an open microphone. Now, look, when he was on the Legion of Skanks podcast, that was like five dudes trading and doing whatever the fuck. And that was more of a free for all. So I get that. But it was just him and that other fucking blow dried, unfunny dude in his living room with fucking microphones. That was uh, that that was that was cripplingly unfunny. It just was not anything there. And I'm not being an old man. Well, I don't get it. I'm not saying this dude isn't funny. Because you can see he's got funny in his bones from the delivery, the way he talks. You know what I mean? There's a certain cadence you can use. And he had that, you know. Um, and I'll also say this. In the clip he did with the other dude, when it's just him and the other guy, and they're talking about Chinatown and what a shithole it is, and there's buildings, and he was like, yeah, let the you know let them live there and all that kind of bullshit. He was doing a character of like a guy from the 1800s. He wasn't, he himself wasn't saying, yeah, let the fucking guys live there. I'm trying to avoid the word because it does no, nobody a service for me to say the word. Okay. And and I'm not, and there are people like, you should say the word. No. Okay. I, I, I'm I'm not going to, because there are people who it would, people would not be happy. People would, it, it, it upsets people. And it was, it's a word that was used as a weapon and a fucking cudgel to make people do what they, they were, they didn't want to do or to get out of places. They didn't, we weren't quote unquote supposed to be. It's fucked, man. You can't, you shouldn't use fucking language like that. You just shouldn't. I'm not saying it's fucking, it's hard and fast and funny excuses everything, but there's no reason for me to even fucking rehash the guy. And also what the fuck am I going to do? Tell it to you. Like you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, 
Although I got to be honest with you, if you ever if, uh, if we were talking about the C word, I would have a completely different idea of what this fucking guy had said. If you were told me he was like, yeah, all the C words should live in Chinatown. I'd be like, that seems fucking weird. Like, I, is he making a brothel? Like, what the fuck is he doing? And he'd be like, you know, that other C word. I'd be like, oh, well, we're going to have to have a conversation because I didn't realize that every word is going to get a fucking letter enumerator. Now, the N word, the C word, the F word, Jesus, the R word. Holy fuck. I know there's the L word. Certainly on Showtime, that's a successful show. But I, I just I eventually we're just going to have the W word. Right. I, I, which would be all fucking words. And I'm not that dude who's like anybody should say whatever they want. No, there's in the hands of the proper craftsmen. You can say things artfully and make them funny and devastating and, and fucking and use laser like precision and surgical like scalpel fucking words and and take apart hypocrisy and things like that. But. But if you're just sitting there in a fucking living room giggling and saying the, the fucking word into a microphone, that's uh, that's just like me when I was a kid and I farted into a goddamn tape recorder to hear it and laugh. I mean, that's all you're doing at that point. You're fucking eight years old and you're saying shit because, you know, we tee hee, the, the boundaries are off. We can say whatever we want. But again, as I said, in the story, he's like, well, you know, they got the shitty buildings in, in Chinatown. And then uh, every, he, one dude is like, who should live there? And then he he basically put on the voice of like a stodgy 18, 1800s guy who said, well, let the fucking seas live there. He wasn't he himself wasn't saying, yeah, let those fucking seas live there. There's. There is nuance and there is context to the way things were. Now, using the word itself in that fucking context doesn't do you any fucking favors, okay? Um, and, and look, I don't even know why I'm explaining this to you. You guys have all formed your opinions. That's that's the thing. I, I don't... Uh, my problem with the whole thing is that, and it's my own fault because I need to get the fuck offline. I need to stay away from goddamn uh, everybody talking about it or everybody going, well, here's what I think. I, I don't... Man, I don't give a fuck what you think. I really don't. I, I I wish I wish there was a way I could just I could climb into an internet ocean and swim away from Facebook and Twitter. Um, but I I you know Facebook I I need for this job and I, I I have the fan club which I love and then I've got my Twitter account I'm addicted to like a fucking drug. I read shit all the time and and sometimes you read brilliant stuff. You know sometimes you read genius stuff and and then sometimes you're just like oh man I don't. How is everybody losing their mind? How the fuck I mean. I, I love hearing, I love Sarah Silverman stepping up and going, yeah, no, this is the new McCarthyism, you know, and if you got to be careful about what you say and da, da, da. It's like, dude, you, 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 she has her. And look, I'm going to say the word because I, I thought this was a funny ass joke when she, she was talking about getting out of jury duty. And they said, uh, someone said to her that she should say, I hate chinks. And, uh, and she goes, but that's, that would be wrong. I said, because, you know, I love chinks. And, and that's a, a, it's just, that's a difference between a funny joke and this idiot just saying it in the fucking living room for shock value. I, and, and look, she said it for shock value as well, but also the fact that she's been, all comedians have now been turned into fucking weird ass lawyers who have to go and, and fight for the right to say garbage. Now, look, I, I firmly believe you can say whatever the fuck you want as long as it's funny. And th- but that's why I see when I see like Norm McDonald coming out and defending this fucking guy and just going, well, hey, Shane, I, you know, reach out to me via DM. Da, da, da. Hey, man, there's a million funny fucking people out there who didn't have to say that in order to be funny or whatever the fuck. And maybe you think you're sending this guy a lifeline because he's now drifting alone on a sea of fucking shame. But I I got to be honest with you. He's playing sold out theaters in Philadelphia now. I'd laugh because my buddy Murray Valeriano, he made a joke. On, uh, on on fucking Facebook. And he was like, Eddie Money, Rick Ocasek, and Shane Gillis. Deaths always come in threes. And Shane's career counts as the third one. Whatever the fuck. He, he didn't, it wasn't as clunky. He didn't write it as clunky as that. And uh, everybody, and, and then this is the worst part is, 
people come in and they're like, here, here. And I uh, shut the fuck up. But, um, I, I just wrote, cause normally I don't participate in that kind of thing, but I, I Murray's my friend. And I also think Murray knows, but I, I you know, I, but I just wrote, I just wrote, ha ha Gillis is going to be a millionaire in a year. And, uh, he is man. He is these, these, he's going to be born aloft on the shoulders of dullards who think you can say anything you want whenever you want. And to prove a point, they will give this guy money. They will, they will get him kickstarters. They will give him GoFundMes. They will sell out every show he fucking plays. If he's smart right now, he's booked a fucking theater tour. If he's got, he should have 15 fucking dates over the next two months and in thousand seat theaters. And he would sell out every single fucking one of them. Now, again, you're sentencing yourself to a lifetime of playing to people who think that you saying fucking chink in a hotel room is funny. Okay. So good luck with that. If that's how you want to handle your business. And also, I don't know anything about his act. You know, this, this podcast thing, but it could have been completely uh, out of character for him because they said that his standup routine is what got him Saturday night live. So maybe he's a fucking crusher on stage, but he'll never go broke. He could do a fucking Charlie Sheen Tiger's Blood tour for the next two months, just to fatten his bank account. Literally striking while the 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 iron is crazy fucking hot. Uh, and also, the, and if you don't think he doesn't get it, he put out this fucking statement where he's like, "I was always a mad TV guy anyway." And I w- it, when I first read that in my head, I was like, "Ah, it's kind of a shitty fucking thing to say." But also, I was like, "You know what? Though he's a comic, man, and if he can't be sarcastic and pissy about it, then why the fuck wouldn't you do it?" But also, um. Man TV had a character called Mrs. Swan and it was, uh, I, I can't remember her fucking name. It's the chick. Uh, she, she, I, I, God damn it. Her name escapes me. I'm old. That's going to happen a lot in year 12. Um, but it basically was a woman who worked in a nail salon and she was, she was, it was what they call yellow face. You know, there's blackface where people put on a minstrel show and they put on blackface. Well, she just. She, she, I think she even probably used tape to slant her eye. She might've just squinted. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was like, you know, if you want to talk about offensive Asian characters, holy fuck, Mrs. Swan. And that's not that long ago. That was on TV every fucking weekend, man. So she was on mad TV in a featured character. And, um, and for him to invoke mad TV, is he, is he smart enough to say I was a mad TV guy anyway, to reference the fact that they did an offensive Asian character and tying his what he said into what they did. Is he that smart or was he just being a smart ass? I have no idea because it works on the one level where he's just like, he, he gets to be flippant comic was like, eh, I like mad TV anyway. But if it works, it works on a multiple level. If he fucking, he was tying it into the Mrs. Swan character. And then I'm like, all right, I respect this guy for fucking going with that swerve. I, I get that. That makes sense. And here's another thing I will. I, and I, I swore I wasn't going to talk about this. Jesus fucking. It's all we've talked about at this fucking point. Where's Thomas two tone to bail me the fuck out. Um, I, I, I just don't understand why this became the biggest fucking story in the world. It's because of social media. I get that. I understand it. But he said he said terrible things about Andrew Yang, who's running for president, uh, which is fucking stupid. But anyway, he's running for president. Good fucking luck. All right. I, any anybody whose p- fucking platform is, hey, I'm going to give free money to everybody. What the fuck? What are you? What are you? Medicine man? Did you come in on a goddamn covered wagon into this fucking town of rubes? And you're like, step right up. Everybody here's a free thousand dollars. I mean, are you? I, that's just bullshit. That's just now you're the fucking publisher's clearinghouse and you want to run the country. I, it's just that, but you know what? We've, we've come to that point now where people will just be like, Oh, a thousand bucks. Yeah, man, I'll vote for you. You know what I mean? It's just, it's all fucking over. We all know it's over. Um, so maybe that's the fucking way to go. But anyway, 
the fucking this Shane dude did a fucking show where he talked about Andrew Yang and he called him and I'm not even going to fucking say it, but he used the C word again. And then he used a J word before that. That's right. We've got a C word. We got an R word. We got a fucking F word. We got we got two C words. We got two R words. Um, and then there's a J word, which is uh, he used. It was basically and look, it would not be an anti-Semitic word to say. It sounds like a harsh thing for me to say because I'm a I'm not a person from of Jewish persuasion. But it's the shorthand for Jewish persuasion. It's the first three letters. Jesus fucking Christ. Look at. I'm embarrassed we have to tiptoe through this kind of language. I really am. I, I wish I wish instead I could just say stuff. But but also at the same fucking time, that's you know, what that is that's 52 year old white guy thinking he can fucking say anything. And ah, everybody should just get over it. You can't fucking be like that anymore, man. That's just not that's just not the way it is. I like to say whatever the fuck I want to say. But at the same fucking time, you have to realize there are people who for years have been held hostage to these words and and the binds are breaking and you need to fucking understand that. You know what? People deserve freedom and people deserve respect. God damn it. But uh I don't even know the context. I mean, I do. I saw the context of the conversation, but he he was he was talking about Andrew Yang and he called him a JC. And he didn't he didn't call him a junior college, he didn't call him a Jesus Christ. He called him a a a, a Jew C word, all right? Cuz you you know what you want to do? You want you want to really go ahead and stack your slurs on top of one another for maximum effect. If you're if you're swinging if you're just swinging the c word sledgehammer and you're not ringing the bell, well, by all means, you better bring in the Jew as backup and fucking grab that mallet and swing it and ding 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 when a cupie fucking doll for you and your other fucking racist friends. Jesus fuck. And he's talking about Andrew Yang because again, that was I guess that was cogent political commentary. I don't fucking know what they were planning on doing with it, but they're all giggling like idiots around a fucking open microphone and he calls him a Jew c word. Now, stupid, terrible, not funny, awful, whatever the fuck. But, but, but Andrew Yang himself hears of this and he's floundering in his campaign for president because unfortunately he can't give a thousand dollars to everyone of voting age in the country. So he can't ensure that they'll all stick for him. So instead he pivots because his name is now in a fucking hot news story and he decides to become a part of it. And he reaches out to Shane Gillis and he's just like, hey, you know what? Here's the thing. I think Shane's a talented comedian, but he might have gotten away from himself. And, you know, if he wants to sit down and talk about what the fuck are you talking about? What? You're going to sit down with middle act from Philadelphia and have a conversation about why he's a racist. What the fuck are you doing, man? How the fuck are you injecting yourself in this story? How are you? How is anybody who's running for fucking president? Cause it's bad enough. Look with the fucking tool bag. We've got running the show. Now he interjects himself in fucking everything. He's fighting. Literally people are dying all over the fucking place at the border in prisons. Fucking people on the street are homeless and fucking dying. And this dude's arguing with will and or grace at any moment of the fucking day. And, and it's embarrassing and it's fucking exhausting. You're just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Christ, could you stop? Holy fuck, man. But then these other people who are running to, I don't know, restore dignity to the office or whatever the fuck they're planning on trying to do. Andrew Yang is a dude who's just like, you know, he's, he's just, just even, even, even his whole hucksterish campaign where he's just like, Hey, I'm going to give everybody money. You just, that's a dude who doesn't wear a tie. That's a dude. You know, that dude is Andrew Yang. That's a dude who's the top three shirt buttons are unbuttoned. And he has a seminar at the holiday Inn on Saturday morning at 9am. And there's, there's coffee, but not donuts. And he's going to tell you how to flip fucking houses. That's what that fucking guy's doing. He's just, he's just a huckster, man. He's just coming at you with some fucking, Hey, we got trouble right here in river city. And that starts with T and that rhymes with me. And I'm here, Andrew Yang, to give you money. 
if you'll vote for me and that means for me, I'll go ahead and run things. It's like, dude, who fucking, I don't, who's taking that fucking guy seriously? Nobody. And that's why he injects himself into this fucking story. And he offers to have a sit down summit with Shane Gillis, the racist middle act from Philadelphia who got fired from a show that should have been canceled 21 years ago. Jesus fuck. And then he keeps tweeting about it. And then I got to keep reading about it because people keep retweeting it. And then people are like making fun of it and making fun of him and making fun of fucking Shane Gillis. And then there's an army of dudes fucking supporting Shane Gillis. Fucking Spade. Spade's got a show on Comedy Central. And he's sitting there with Bill Burr and Jim Jeffries. That is three comedy fucking heavyweights. That is that is two of the best stand-ups in the fucking country right now. And a guy, David Spade, that I just think is inherently funny all the time. I don't know. And look, he just does it for me. Might not do it for you. But I just think that dude is witheringly funny every time he opens his mouth. Because he just, he'll tell stories and, and he uses language in such interesting, funny, withering ways to me. I love him. Love Spade. Bill Burr, genius. Jim Jeffries, genius. These guys are fucking awesome. And they do a roundtable where they talk about... Basically, poor Shane Gillis. Why was he let go? And he should have never been fired. And I'm just like, oh, fellas, I understand that you, you, I think you're holding the line because they could come for you next. And I get that. You know, it's that thing where, uh, you know, first they came for the fucking racist middle acts and I never said anything. And then they came for the improv groups and I never said anything because fuck improv groups. And then they came for me and there was nobody else left to yes and and fucking leave me safe. But man, you guys are such, so so far above whatever level this fucking kid is at that, that for you guys to go, Hey, yeah, no, he's this, he's that it's, it's, you're tacitly endorsing that kind of thing. And, and, and maybe they, but maybe that's how they really feel. I mean, I can't shit on them because they were, I don't think they were being opportunistic. I think they were just basically going, Hey, fuck this fuck censorship. And I, I agree with that. Like I said, you can say anything the fuck you want to say, as long as it's funny, if they would have like what, you know, Bill Burr told on himself in that fucking thing. He said, Hey, you know what? They never put up one clip of him being funny. He goes, always, always these clips of him supposedly being racist, but where are the clips of him being funny? You know, how come we don't fucking see those? And he was saying it like they were indicting him with all of these clips of racism. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, Shane Gillis didn't even put up any fucking clips of himself being funny. He didn't put up another set where he had something where he counterbalanced whatever racism by going, no, no, look, you guys didn't get it because here's how I really am on stage. Nobody's, I've not seen one clip of that fucking guy being funny. In fact, here's another thing. Fucking 8 million people, all these fucking angry 25 year old dudes or whatever the fuck are stepping up and they're like, yeah, because he's got a nickname. That dude's the young bull. His podcast is infinitely more popular than mine. And I get that. That's fine. Good for him. He's carved out a fucking audience, but he scrubbed all of his shows from the internet when he got announced by Saturday night live. He fucking knew he knew he took down the archives of the podcast before the announcement. And they had to find clips on YouTube and things like and his appearances on other shows. That's what they indicted him with because this fucking podcast of his, he, he himself went in and scrubbed it from the internet because he knew people would fucking hear it and go, holy fuck. So don't, don't give me this persecution bullshit or him just kind of going, well, you know, I got to take risks. Well, you know what? You know what? You know what risk you didn't take leaving your fucking archives up for everybody to comb through and listen to. And people are always like, oh, yeah, you got to go back five years and indict some guy. Hey, look, believe me, someone's going to listen to the archives of this fucking podcast. Someone's going to listen to the first year and never not funny and pin me to the fucking wall. And I hear it. Times were different then. We said different things. Things went fucking, uh, you know, tits up or, or and I and I I own everything I fucking said, man. Uh, I am. I look, I'm going to pop by this. I am who I am. 
and I've fucking been here with an open microphone for 12 fucking years, nah, 11, well, no, 12, if you count the first year, never not funny. And, and you're going to find me, like I said, fucking totally fucking myself over and, and show an ass. It's going to be, it's out there, but it's out there. You know, I'm not going to fucking take it off the goddamn internet. Well, first of all, because I'm not going to get a fucking phone call from anybody. Nobody's going to give me a goddamn job. But at the same fucking time, anybody who's going to give me a job is going to give me a job because of this. The fucking, this is the thing I do. Um, But that fucking guy knew because he took down the archives of the podcast. He knew. He knew what the fuck was coming. So he took it down. And uh, if that doesn't tell you motivation and intent, if that doesn't show you that he understands the difference because he can say, oh, well, I didn't want them to take things out of context or listen to things, blah, blah, blah. But as I said, this guy never, he's still right now to this fucking moment, Wednesday night, this motherfucker hasn't put up a clip of himself being funny. In fact, there was a Reddit, there's a Reddit page dedicated to his podcast. And uh, as this shit was unfolding, there were people who were visiting the Reddit for the podcast and the guys in the fucking, in, in the Reddit group were like, Hey man, we should lock down this page because, uh, you know, they're going to start using the content here against Shane. And it turns out that there was a ton of racist shit in this fucking Reddit, which holy fuck. Are you kidding me? That doesn't make any sense on Reddit. (laughs) Uh, just this fucking toxic bug bomb of a website, but it's sitting there waiting to be triggered and tripped and fucking push a button and you're going to get smoked the fuck out. So apparently in the Reddit for his fucking podcast, there was, there was all sorts of vitriol and people being racist and shit and giggling and laughing and making fun and terrible language. So then they they were like, Hey man, they're probably going to hold this against change. So we should lock it down. And other people are like, yeah, man, let's get the mods to lock this down. And within a day they had made their fucking Reddit private. And if that doesn't fucking tell you that they all know that they all fucking know because the way they spun it was, yeah, they're going to use all the stuff here against Shane. Well, motherfuckers, if it's worth using against Shane because it's fucking horrible, vitriolic, racist bullshit and cheerleading, then guess what, man? Then you fucking shouldn't have said it or put it out there. Even if you're in a fucking anonymous name, man, what the fuck are you doing? But they do it because that's the world. That's the internet. That's the fucking thing. So they lock it down. And again, it makes me laugh because these are the same motherfuckers who piss and moan about anybody. They they were saying anybody was offended by what Shane said. Oh, they're triggered. Oh, they need a safe space. Oh, look at them. They're snowflakes. And then within a day, they lock their Reddit group. So it isn't used against Shane. So, so I guess essentially, and again, hear me out here. I don't want to now, if I'm wrong, go ahead and fucking point me in the right direction and show me where I'm wrong here. But, uh, doesn't that mean that you've now made your Reddit a private safe space for you and your fucking dopey friends to go ahead and say dumb racist shit and not get called out on it? Is that possible? Is that what you've done? Could it be possibly that you were triggered by people going through your past sayings and going, oh, uh, this is something you shouldn't say. Are you possibly a snowflake because you were going to melt under the heat of the fucking people examining your Reddit and seeing what kind of racist bullshit was contained therein? You fucks. That's my problem. Nobody has a fucking good faith argument. All these people, like they, they continue to be racist as much as they want. And then they go, well, but it's not racist. But then Asian people or black people or fucking Mexican people go, no, no, it kind of is. And it has been for a very long time. And uh, you haven't been called on your bullshit. And now we're calling you on your bullshit. You don't fucking like it. And they go, you're triggered a safe space. Yeah, snowflake, whatever the fuck. And, and it's like, no, no, that you're you're being a fucking dick. You're literally just standing in the middle of a crowd swinging a goddamn axe and whoever you hit, you think they should have walked around you. Quit fucking doing that shit. And look, I'm guilty of that too, where I've said stuff and I'm just like, ah, you know, I'm just being funny or I'm just trying to do this. And, and, and it's mistakes I've made. And I'm, I'm look, 
I'll make them going forward as well. This show isn't exactly lending itself to me fucking being discerning, all right? This show, as I've said before, this show is a fucking shotgun, not a rifle. It's not a sniper rifle. It is a fucking Gatling gun, and it is just firing fucking rounds and hitting whoever the fuck it's going to hit. But my, what I can do is try to make sure that I'm not using hollow points all the fucking time, you know? But these fucking dudes, they just they they think they can do what they want with impunity and everybody should just calm down and stop being triggered. And it's like, well, you guys are triggered by the people who are offended by the things that you're fucking saying. And this is the thing. There's no good faith argument. I can't see it because also at the same fucking time, they killed Shane over this one clip and he was clearly doing a character from the 1800s. Now, look, that character was racist and said a racist thing. And he did it in passing and he did it quickly and he didn't wear a fucking old timey mustache and a vest with a watch fob. He was kind of in the moment just going, yeah, that one of those basically without saying it, he was saying, oh, well, back then they all thought, well, let those guys live there. You know what I mean? That's what he was trying to do. But they didn't give him the credit for context because then another thing, like I said, no good faith on the other side. I see people going, he's a horrible racist. He's, He's a horrible racist. He said these terrible racist things. And it's like, yeah, I don't know this kid. I don't know if he's a racist or not. I know he said a bunch of dumb shit. And, and yeah, it was racist stuff, but do I think that in his heart, he's like a fucking Klansman or any of that shit? Cause that's the thing. They try to paint him as a Klansman and a Nazi. There's no, there's no fucking middle ground anymore. There's no fucking, Hey, well, this guy did this, or he fucked up or he said the wrong thing or he did the wrong, you know, I, I just, he, he was giggling and saying stupid things for easy fucking laughs. And some of the easiest laughs you can get are piss jokes, shit jokes, fart jokes, and, and racist jokes. This is all, this is shit that's been around since fucking vaudeville. It's shit that's been around since a fucking caveman. When, it, when the, when the first caveman, you know, fucking, uh, it drew a, drew a fucking cave character with different eyes than his, everybody pointed and laughed. That's what these fucking people do. And it's just, you're always going to find stupid oogs who hold a fucking rock and bang it into another rock. Whenever you do something stupid like that, that's just fucking the way the world works. And I, I don't, I don't know how to fix it. I don't, that's the thing. It's like, these weird growing pains where, where people who've been maligned and fucking and slandered for years and, and forced to take it are now stepping up and going, we're not going to fucking take this shit. You can't say that fucking word anymore. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, cause I look, I've had this issue. There's, there's a word, uh, it's an F word. Okay. Not fuck, which we know that we use with impunity on this fucking show, but there's another show that was unfortunately for years, a slur toward the homosexual community. And, uh, I, I, I'm going to look, I'm just going to do this. Uh, it, it, I, I used it as a kid growing up all the fucking time, but we didn't mean, we didn't mean it as a bullying word toward gay people. We just meant we, we said it like Mo from the three stooges would say, Hey, chowderhead. It was just a stupid thing to say because the word itself is a two syllable word. It's funny. It's got a hard G sound in it. It's just, it's just inherently a funny word. When you're a child, when you when you're growing up and you realize it's used as a fucking fist to fucking keep people down, you go ahead and back off that fucking word. You know, I have a friend in, in, in Chicago, one of the funniest fucking guys in the world, and he used to do a bit and it encapsulates the usage of that word in the way it was used when I was a kid. Uh, I won't do the joke and I won't name the comic in case he's probably taken this out of his act at this point, but it was a joke, a, a, a little kid calling another kid that in, in the context of a fight on like in a backyard. And it's, it, it reminds me of a time that I grew up in and it makes me laugh every time I think of the joke, every time I do it. And I'm not doing it in a way where I'm laughing at gay people. It's not in a way where I'm trying to uh, impugn another group of people who live a, a lifestyle that, that, that is different from mine. I, I, it's just because 
it's it was when I was a kid, it was a word that meant, hey, stupid. Hey, dummy. Hey, whatever. It was just a fucking again. Like I said, whenever I think of that word, that word is like the mo of the three stooges of words. It's like, come on, hammerhead. You know what I mean? It's just a dumb thing to say. But I recognize that it's not a word I can say. And I I, I don't want to because it would hurt people or it would make people upset or it would send them. And, and look. I've used it. I think I've used it on podcasts to be stupid. You know what I mean? We just, it was just one of those things where then the world has evolved. That's the thing, you know, 12 fucking years ago, 14 years ago, things were different and things are changing by the fucking second. I'm sure I said some shit earlier in this show. That's going to make Tommy two-tone fucking sue me. All right. Already by the time now we're hitting whatever the fuck Mark we're at. We're 30 minutes into this motherfucker, but I, I'll tell you what, man, I fucking the non good faith arguments is what drives me crazy. So you just realize that there's words that you can't say or should not say because they hurt people. You don't want to hurt people. You're you're under the because people are like, oh, it's challenging comedy. It's this. It's that. No, nah, it's not challenging to sit in a fucking chair in a living room with an open microphone and say, you know, Jew C words or whatever C words. And, and, and in the context of let them stay in Chinatown and make fun of the way they talk. What the fuck is that bullying bullshit? That's just that's just playground garbage, man. And look, and and I'm uh, trust me, I'm a dude who's fucking you know uh, done the fucking Chinese Japanese dumb thing on here. I mean, I've I've done all sorts of stupid shit because you just fuck your brain goes off in that direction. And and I'm not perfect. We're all gonna make fucking mistakes. But the thing is, you have to have your heart in the right place, and you have to realize, ah, fuck, I fucked that up, and also own it when you fucking do it, and just go, dude, don't do that. What the fuck are you doing, man? But lack of good faith arguments. Like I said, Andrew Yang steps up and wants to get involved and he wants to have a sit down with this fucking guy. Get the fuck out of here. Really? You're going to talk to a fucking racist middle act from Philadelphia about what? About what? Your presidential campaign about how to fucking hurt people or not hurt people. What? The, nobody fucking cares. Two irrelevant nothings having a fucking conversation. And I only say that now because I'm sure Shane, like I said, he's going to be a millionaire in a fucking year. I want to talk about irrelevant nothings. This fucking guy, everybody in the, in the fucking country knows his name and I'm still here talking to you guys at a desk. So, I mean, I fucking can't pretend that I'm anybody who's fucking famous or smart or better than this kid. And he's going to fucking, he's already lapped me. He lapped me by being a racist dick. So, I mean, fuck, I can't, I can't fucking hang with that. It's not like I'm sitting, I can't even be like, well, that's, that's why I tell you, I can't be this guy who's like, well, here's the thing. His act is primitive and I don't understand why anyone, no, no, fuck that. That shit's worked for centuries and it's going to continue to work. Like I said, as long as you got more stupid people with rocks banging them together, every time you draw a funny face on the fucking wall, you're going to draw fucking people. They're going to laugh at that shit. People paid to see Charlie Sheen do his tiger blood tour. Okay. Dice sold out Madison square garden for a fucking reason. There were people like, I, you know, I like to think I was in on the joke. I understood he was doing a character and he was being stupid. I love fucking Dice's character. It's still to this day the dumbest fucking thing. It makes me laugh every single fucking time because he's so ridiculously foolish into my brain. I still don't know if he's in on it. In my brain, I'm like, he's got to be in on it. He, ha- he can't be this fucking stupid at 64 with fingerless gloves and gray mutton chops still saying nursery rhymes and not thinking of the, the and listening to the irony of it and thinking it's fucking hysterical. He has to know what's going on. But at the same fucking time, he sold out Madison Square Garden. And I guarantee you, even if we want to even want to be generous, half of the people were there unironically. Half of the people were there to, to, to chant hickory dickory doc and yell at fucking and at women and, and fucking Asians and, and black dudes and whoever the fuck they wanted, they wanted to be, they wanted to go into a room with a bunch of like-minded people and, and use their words as a jackhammer to fuck people up. And that you're always going to have that subset of people. The problem now is everybody's got a phone that connects them to everybody else in the fucking world. 
So when the kid from fucking Splitsider writes the article about Shane, he has to get deluged by people calling him a fucking scold and, and making fun of his work and finding his old columns. And, and that's the other thing, too. Like I said, no good faith arguments. Everybody comes after Saturday Night Live. This is the, this is the argument I always saw this week. Everybody's like going, hey, oh, Saturday Night Live, I guess this was OK. And they run a clip of John Belushi doing his samurai dry cleaner character. And they, these people think they've actually done something. These people think they, 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 they think they got him, got him, got him. You know how the web has, they, they have that fucking got him culture. Ha ha. Everybody talks about cancel culture. Well, there's got him culture where there's guys who are just like, ha ha. I nailed you with that one. I guess, I guess I've painted you into a philosophical corner with this clip of John Belushi doing a samurai character from a century ago, dude, things have changed from last fucking week. There's shit. You couldn't say, you can't say this week that you could say a week ago. You're going to tell me you're going to pull out a clip from 45 fucking years ago and go, aha, take that Saturday Night Live. We've nailed you to the wall Um, or Mad TV. Mrs. Swan, that's certainly a lot closer, but that's also 20 fucking years ago or 18 years ago. Uh, Another clip that I saw is the Richard Pryor Chevy Chase sketch, which if you have not seen it, find it. It's fucking brilliant. It's a word association sketch. It's literally you want to talk about perfect writing. You want to talk about a perfect commentary on race. You want to talk about the most simple and effective usage of white and black and a sketch in history, find the word association sketch with fucking Chevy Chase and Richard Pryor, because it, it deconstructs and destroys fucking the, 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 all of the whole erudite. Well, you know, I, we're friends here and I'm going to tolerate you. And it, it just, it gets right to it. It starts out with all that dancing around polite bullshit. And then it strips it to its fucking core and it, it and it uses fucking Richard Pryor, who is the perfect fucking guy to use in that sketch genius because he had all of the fucking weight. He had all of the fucking credibility. He had all of the fucking stroke and he could fucking make that work in that way and sell it in a way where you just to this day, because again, I was, you know what? I was happy. I have to be honest. I was happy that they were able to Shane Gillis reminded me of that sketch and brought it to my attention again. Cause I want to go, you know what? That should be shown to every fucking comedian because it's fucking brilliant. But everybody saw they, you know, they, they didn't understand the point of it. And instead they were just like, oh, listen to that word that you said on your show 45 years ago. Ha ha. I guess Shane doesn't deserve a job. And then they stand back and cross their arms and go, you're your witness. Like they think they've proved something. And it's like, man, fuck you. You know, they're all like Eddie Murphy's hosting in December. And all these people are like, oh, I hope you have the same energy when Eddie Murphy shows up. Because look at this clip from his stand up in 1983. I mean, okay. I mean, I was a, I was a junior in high school, but I guess I should still be mad about that sort of thing. You know I mean? He himself has come out and said, yeah, man, I fucked up. I shouldn't have said those words because 1983 was a crazy different time. This world is evolving by the fucking second. As I've said, there's probably things I've said in this episode that you can't say anymore, but Jesus fucking Christ, people will trot out those war horses. People will go, hey, what about in 1971? I Dude, I watched a fucking Kojak from 1971 where he walked into a pool hall with a bunch of black dudes and he's, and I, if I, I'm, I'm trying to remember it, but, uh, and again, I, I'm not going to use the slur, but Kojak uses a slur in a show that was on CBS on Sunday nights and he's the hero. Kojak's the hero of the show. And he walks into a pool hall and he's like, uh, there's, there is a, uh, I'm just going to say this. There is a certain suit of cards that can be used as a slur against African-Americans. So I'm not going to say it, but, but when you hear it come flying out of Kojak's mouth, you're just like, what the fuck? You could say that on television because sure enough, he walks into this pool hall and he's like, Hey, who's the head diamond around here? If I remember correctly, but it was clearly not diamond, but, uh, 
I, and I was like, whoa, even in my house, I'm like, whoa, dude, Kojak, buddy, you're the hero of this story. But that that's not, but again, he's playing a New York cops so of maybe a New York cop. Go ahead and watch the fucking French connection. Watch any of that shit. It's like when they all started coming after Tarantino for fucking Django or whatever the fuck or yeah, all that. Everybody, everybody, everybody's got their knives out, man. Everybody's coming. And, and the, that's the problem too, is when you equate racist, not even racist, giggly fucking middle act from Philadelphia with Tarantino or with, or with Richard Pryor or with actual artists. When you have Bill Burr and Jim Jeffries, who are geniuses and titans of what I consider my industry defending this kid. And actually, like I said, saying, well, we haven't seen any of the funny clips of Shane Gillis yet. Not realizing what kind of an indictment that fucking is on, on this entire affair. It's, it's fucking depressing, man. And I just want to hide from it. I want, I want, I've talked so many times with fucking Mex where I'm like, dude, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I just want to, I just want to throw the internet down a fucking well. I want to walk away from it, dude. And you can't, you know, that's the thing with life. Now you just, you just fucking can't, you can't. Holy fuck. I wasn't even going to talk about this this week. <laughs> Cause I know you guys are fucking sick of it. Uh, but enjoy that. Holy fuck. As I look up at the timer and go, Jesus Christ, I, it's, you know what year 12, man, we're keeping them lean and clean. We're going to be an hour an episode. That's what I decided in my fucking brain. As I look up now and I just talked for a fucking hour about something I didn't even think I was going to talk about. Hi, you know, who's going to be happy about this. My buddy, Jeff, he's like, Hey man, you should go ahead and give your insights. I'm like, nobody gives a fuck about that. And then guess what? We open up the microphone and Hey, here's something you don't give a fuck about for 40 minutes. Jesus. What a mess. Um, I, and, and as I've said, man, the philosophy of uh, that I have now is just be cool, be cool to people, man. You know, if, if people, because his apology was for shit, that was the other thing. And look, as I always say, don't apologize for jokes. Don't, don't apologize for jokes. Stand by what the fuck you said. And so he, he if you're good, but if you're going to apologize, make it a good one. That's the point. And that was the problem is his first fucking thing was kind of, it was so snarky. The cursor line was still blinking in it. It was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? You, you dashed off this fucking paragraph in traffic and you think that's going to fucking stop the dike from flooding. Jesus fuck. I mean, yeah, you put your finger in the hole, but the rest of the fucking levee is coming down around your head. You're underwater already, buddy. Maybe you stopped the blinking cursor just, just for appearances. Um, but I think he, I think he knew it was up and I think he wanted to basically, uh, cause again, at that point you got to steer into the skid. You, you've got to own your fate. If you've got, you see the, the, the way the winds are blowing and you realize you got all these fucking people that are fucking defending you in your mind, you got to go, well, look, I'm not keeping this job. That's pretty obvious. So you know what? You got to act like a badass out the door. You got to, you got to pick up your, your racist Deborah winger and she can put your hat on and you carry her out while everybody fucking cheers. All of, all of the other lummoxes and dullards are going to cheer you as you step on stage and talk about fucking how you've been persecuted. Now your comedy, Jesus, why not? Why not fucking do that? So both, both statements he released were, uh, were very, very, uh, tossed off and I would say unthoughtful. And I think he realized the shit he had stepped in and he was just like, fuck it. I'm going to own it. And I, instead of being a hero and, and a human being, I'm going to go ahead and be a martyr. And you know what? There's money in being a martyr. Uh, 
So, uh, I, I wasn't going to talk about that. Jesus fucking Christ. I had other shit to talk about. I got, I, and, and I uh, fuck it. I'll talk. Well, also I got to tell you guys where the fuck I've been and what I've, what I've been living through and what I've been going through. Dare I, dare I go into that now? Perhaps. Cause now I'm thinking to myself, because again, I told you, I get to that fucking thing where I'm just like, ah, dude, let's go lean this year. Let's go year 12 and make it work. Let's make it just fucking one hour. And uh, <laughs> that shit ain't working. Oh man. I have been through. It's just been a couple of fucking weeks, man. It's just, it's just been, and I've had some great fucking things happen in the last few weeks. I've had amazing things that I can't wait to tell you about, but I think I need to tell you why last week's show didn't happen. I need to get into that. I need to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I've had people reach out to me, which have been very nice. People have reached people who, you know, they have my actual number. They've texted me. Uh, people have reached out via Snapchat, via, via Facebook, um, to see if I'm okay and what's happening and all these things. Uh, it's been kind of a, like I said, it's, it's been a confluence of events. It's been a few different things. And, and I will tell you, um, you know, I traveled, I was in, in August, I was all over the place. I was in Canada. I wound up in Chicago a couple of times. I recorded the interlude, which you heard last week, which was, or no, two weeks ago, which was fucking amazing. Uh, the apocalypse now interlude. I, I, I tell you every, every year. I never, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, and this year I truly didn't know if we were going to have an interlude because I, I, you know, Mex and I, we work differently now, man. He listens to the show and he does artwork like four days later, whatever the fuck, whenever he has time, the guy's a busy dude. He's got his own business and things like that. And I wasn't putting out the show on a schedule that worked with his schedule. And so it just turned out that to to be, it is, it is what it is, I guess is the phrase that nobody enjoys, but I'll, I'll invoke here. Um, but then I reached out to him and I'm like, Hey, um, this is about six weeks before it came out. And I'm like, Hey, is there a, I'm just going to ask, like, is there an interlude this year? Like, are you interested in that? And he was like, Oh fuck. I didn't even think about that. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, it's coming up, you know, if it's something you want to do. And I wasn't even sure if he wanted to do it. I mean, I was going to play an old, older one or, or I don't know what I was going to do. I mean, I, I, I was fully prepared for him to just go, nah, man, I'm, I'm done with that. Uh, but then we went up talking on the phone. We went back and forth and, um, you know, I pitched an idea and, and actually when I pitched the idea, we, you know, we were talking back and forth cause he had, um, we talked about apocalypse now and I had pitched that he was, he was searching for me because again, I had the show was coming out late and things like that, as I mentioned in year 11. And, and, uh, it was all that thing where you go for trying to find me because the show's late and I would be like Kurtz in the jungle and you would have to try to extricate me. And then he contact, he, you know, he, he, as he does, he spent a fucking day on it. And the next day he's like, nah, dude, it works better if I'm Kurtz. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, he goes then, cause then you're in the whole thing. If you're just, if we're spending the interlude trying to find you, then you're not in it until the end, which I never mind. I mean, I, I always want as many songs and voices that aren't mine in the interlude as possible. That's all I'm fucking looking for. I'm sure you guys, again, 52 weeks and change of my voice. Then we have to have one week where I, if it was just David singing, I'd be thrilled with it. You don't want to fucking hear me. Um, but the, but the funny thing is, is like, he's like, no, nah, man, people don't want to hear fucking me and the, and the songs. They want to hear you. And I'm like, no, man, people don't want to hear me. They want to hear songs. Uh, and then we, you know, have that discussion every fucking year. But then he pitched that he was Kurtz. And I'm like, that fucking absolutely. That completely makes sense. And then we're off. And within within like, I think a day and a half, I've got two song mock-ups. I mean, he's just a fucking genius. The guy takes it and, and absolutely fucking rampages it, man. And he runs and with the concept and he makes it work and we, and you know, we hash it out where we're like, well, what do we do here? And these songs, I mean, I, I, I provide a sounding board and structure 
and an outline with him. We come up with that together. And then he just starts sending me pieces. And then he builds the fucking soundscapes. You know, he puts all the fucking sound effects and the choppers and the fucking gunfire and everything. I mean, he makes all of that shit happen. I don't, I show up and that's fully formed. Um, I write, I wrote all the Yeep stuff and then I wrote the Zelman stuff and then I, I improvised my stuff. And, and, and so the, I, you know, I write a big chunk but all of the fucking music and the arranging and all that. I mean, as you hear in the credits, it's him and it's, it's, I'm endlessly astonished by not only the amount of work, the quality of work, but the turnaround time on his work. Like I said, I'm getting fucking songs in a day. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, later on in this episode, I'll, I'll, you'll hear a song that I actually wound up receiving in a day from him that I did not think was going to show up. Um, so the interlude was a couple of weeks ago and, and you guys were very kind and we heard good things about it and I'm glad. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, and then last week was going to be episode one of year 12. Now I was traveling. It just so happened that the uh, interlude dovetailed into my travels. So I was in Chicago with our buddy Ahmad with a seven and he was in town. And, I, and like I said, I will get to our adventures at a later date, but I think I need instead to tell you what has happened uh, that, that made last week's show not work. Um... I was in Chicago. Like I said, we traveled. I went to and from Canada, to and from Chicago. And then Ahmad and I went back to Chicago. We had adventures that I will tell you about eventually. But it's all coming to a, to an end. It had been a whirlwind month. Canada for 11 days, home for four days. Chicago, or no, I'm sorry, Chicago for four days, home for five days, Chicago for eight days. You know what? I was just all over the place. I'm living, I was on a fucking duffel bag. And uh, and it was fine. I'm on planes. And I and I, look, I love it. As I talked about in the last show of, of year 11, episode 52, I want to spend a lot of time on the road in 2020. I would like to tour. I would like to go out and do things. And, uh, and, and yeah, these are all plans that are being formulated and thought about and hoped for. Um, it's going to take money. It's going to take a lot of different things. But I, I, I have all of the ambition and all of the, uh, the, the drive um, and all of the wherewithal and all the inclination to make this happen. It's just financially, can I make it happen? That's the key. So, uh, so that's the plan going forward. So, um, so I, I, I enjoy traveling. I want to be out and doing things. So we are in O'Hare airport and I'm flying home to LA. It's the, it's, we're sitting there. Ahmad is heading back to Kuwait and I'm heading back to LA. We're killing time because we're in different terminals. So he and I are just sitting there fucking talking and, uh, I have to charge my phone. Now my phone is, is in, there was no charger in the rental car that we had. So my phone is, and I'm using the maps to get all over the fucking city and everything else. So I want, and I want to have my phone charged for the flight because that's, I've been using Spotify for my music and listening to that. And, and so I wanted to make sure that I could listen on the plane. I don't want it to fucking die on a four and a half hour flight from to, to fucking Chicago. So, um, so I, I have to charge my phone. But as, as well as sitting there, you're kind of, you know, I'm odds on the phone watching soccer. So I'm also surfing the web. I'm trying to look at shit. I'm trying to do social media things and, and uh, whatever the fuck. So it's, it's this weird counterbalance. So we're sitting there. He's next, he's on my right. And on my left, there's an empty chair and I have, there's no fucking charging stations in O'Hare. So I've got my laptop out on the chair and it's plugged into a wall. And then my phone is plugged into that and I have to have a dongle. So there's a dongle plugged into a fucking charger, plugged into my laptop, plugged into my phone. It's just spaghetti. It's a fucking pile of spaghetti next to me, man. Fucking wires and shit. And I'm talking to Ahmad. We're fucking hanging around. We're watching unbelievably bad fucking airport television. Jesus Christ. Hey, Ellen, I don't know what you are doing other than printing money, but stop. 
I, I, I'm sorry. I know that stuff exists and there's an audience for it. That daytime fucking talk shit. That is just, that just makes your feelings hurt watching any fucking, any, any multiple fucking seconds or minutes of a show like that. It's just Ellen's like, Hey, here's one of my assistants and a gay guy. And they're going to go to an RV show. Let's watch. And then the gay guy walks in and he's just like, Oh, look at this shower child. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, this is, I clearly, this is for somebody, but not me, but it's playing at the airport and it's on loud volume. There's a game show Ellen has where like people get doused with water instead of money. I, I I'm just watching it just going, cause those are just, and I imagine writing for those shows, you burn the fuck out. I have so much respect for Karen Kilgariff, who's a fucking genius, first of all, but second of all, Genius isn't enough on a show like that. You got to keep churning and fucking burning, man. There's content you got to come up with all the fucking time. So, so good for her for making it happen for as long as she did. And you see the stuff that they do. You're like, good Lord. I mean, I I wonder sometimes about what I'm going to bring to you guys. You know what I mean? I'm like, Jesus Christ, is there a show in me? They're, they're putting out a show five times a fucking week. And like I said, so sometimes you go, Hey, what if, I don't know. What if a gay dude and, and our assistant Alexa went to the fucking RV show? Yeah, write it up. <laughs> Get a producer and a camera and make it happen. Um, you know, so that that's fine. I I I I don't. But I mean, that shows just that stuff's not for me. That's the thing. That's all. And 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 good for them and good for it. Um, but it's playing at the airport non fucking stop. It's either that or the news. That's what I want to see. More of the news. I want I want to see you guys debating. Like I said, if there's, there's nothing more depressing than when I went to the gym on a Saturday and there's dudes talking about Trump while wearing ties at like one o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, the fuck are you doing with your life that you put on a tie to sit in front of a camera and tell us again, either Trump is bad or good. Who fucking cares? Nobody cares anymore. Everybody knows either you hate him or you love him or whatever the fuck. And that's fine, but there's no reason to debate it. This fucking week, that Corey Lewandowski idiot went in front of fucking Congress and they're like, everybody's like, they're shocked that he's mean. I'm like, why are you shocked? These guys are just fucking thugs. That's what they do. They all just, they show up, they fucking put a thumb in your eye. They spit on your shoes. They dare you to do something about it. And nobody will fucking do anything about it until somebody sharpens the fucking bayonets and goes after these motherfuckers. They're going to continue to laugh at everybody and fucking strip mine the country. It's going to happen. And I'm, and I'm saying, you know, I'm talking about people who are doing it. I'm talking about the ineffectual fucking Nancy Pelosi and people like that who won't fucking stop it. It's a fucking mess. It's something I, it's a, it's a circus. I'm going to divorce myself from And I'm really hoping, uh, you don't hear a lot of that shit from me in year 12. Who knows? Cause I'll tell you what, I opened the show talking about shit. I never thought I was going to fucking discuss. And, and I, you know, I learn. I've learned you can't ever think to yourself, well, I'm not going to talk about that because who the fuck knows what I'm going to talk about? You open up a fucking microphone, we're going to spin and pivot all over the goddamn place. So I'm in the fucking airport. There's a goddamn laptop next to me, pile of spaghetti. And then uh, a, fa- a family comes over and they're just, they're just exceedingly Polish. I mean, they're just, they're just, you know, speaking loud and Slavic language and they've got, uh, you know, weird hats on and, and they're carrying like luggage that's orange. You know what I mean? Just, and look, I'm sure they're lovely people, but it's just that thing where you're like, oh, okay, who are these people? They, and, and like, everybody's weird. We know that I'm, they probably think I'm weird. I got to fuck. I'm taking up a whole chair for my fucking computer in their mind. They're just like, what the fuck, man? Is that your kid? Get it up the fucking chair. But there were enough chairs for them. If somebody else came along, I would absolutely put my shit on the floor, but fucking I grab the fucking laptop and I look at the guy like, do you want me to move it? And he just kind of nods. He's like, oh no, no. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm charging my phone. I'm doing this. We're sitting there. And then I notice it's about an hour before I get to get on the plane. Uh, so I'm going to say my goodbyes to Ahmad because I got to go through security. I got to get to the gate. And I will tell you this. I flew home on Alaska Airlines 
And I usually fly Southwest, you know, um, but I didn't book this flight. And so uh, the way it works with Alaska now, and I guess this is the way it works with a lot of airlines, with Southwest, man, you book your flight and you check in 24 hours early so you can be A group, B group, C group, whatever the fuck, and you can get your seat. It's important to be A group because I sit where? Right side of the plane window seat. It's just, it's just what I want. Look, that's what I want to do. And I would almost say that's what I have to do at this point. I get, I'm, I'm fucking weird. I'm old. Um, but with Alaska, uh, I didn't book the flight. And the way Alaska works now is uh, you just get a, if you buy a ticket, you just get on the plane. That's it. They, do, they don't guarantee you a seat number, a seat row. They don't, I don't guarantee, they don't guarantee you a fucking, you got to pay an extra $25 if you want to pick where you're going to sit. And, uh, as I said, I didn't book this flight and the other person was like, well, you know, I don't need to pay this 25 bucks or at least they were, they said they weren't prompted to pay it. Um, cause I even said to them, I said, Hey, look, it was a mod. Fuck. Who, who am I hiding? Uh, Ahmad's like booking the flight. And I go, Hey, do me a favor, dude. I go, if they give you some fucking choice or seats or whatever the fuck, just, just, I, I like right side of the plane and the window. And he's like, all right, cool. And, uh, I, cause he, I had looked to book it and I looked it up and I said, all right, you got to do this thing where they, they'll, you got to pick it when you book. And he's like, no problem. So then I get the confirmation email and it's just, I go, dude, did you, did you pick a seat? And he goes, no, uh, they didn't prompt me to do it. I go, well, I think you were kind of supposed to ask or something. I go, cause now, uh, I'm now I'm just, it, it's Lord of the flies now. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And he's like, sorry about that, dude. And I totally get it. It's just, you know, that fucking dude, he's not, he, he did me a favor. So I was a little freaked out because I wasn't sure where I was going to sit. And I knew I had to get to the gate a little early to go to the lady and go, look, uh, I'm a giant. If you put me in a middle seat, it's going to suck. So, um, so there's an hour before the flight. I go, you know, I'm going to take off. So Ahmad and I, I stand up and, uh, I go, I go, I'm going to hit the head. I'll be right back. I hit the restroom. I come back and, uh, I go to pack up my stuff and we're talking and it's just that kind of absent-minded thing where you're grabbing shit. So I unplug my phone. I put that in my pocket. I'm starting to unplug all the spaghetti and, uh, the cord was run under the chair and plugged into the, the outlet on the wall. So I reached and I went to get the cord out of the wall. What I should have done was I should have disconnected the cord from the laptop itself, but instead I went for the wall first. And when I yanked the cord out, I pulled it and then it got caught on the arm of the chair. And then that spun and it, and my laptop started to fall and I knew it. I saw it happening. It was one of those things where I'm like that. You know how it is. No. And it's just a foot. It's like literally falling off of a chair at, at the airport. It's a foot off the ground, a foot and a half but it fucking spins off and I go to grab it. And when I grab it, I fucking, I think I even hit it and made it go faster. I don't know, but it lands. It doesn't land flat back cause it's open. It's all, it's wide open and it it's at its most vulnerable. Certainly it's, it's computer legs are spread and it fucking spins down and it hits on the, on the, the rear right corner of the laptop. Um, it hits the screen. Okay. I mean, if it was closed and it hit that, eh, you know, we've got an issue probably who the fuck knows, but this fucking thing, it landed so perfectly right on the corner of the screen and it fucking, you know, rattles to the ground and you know, the Slavics look at me, Oh, and I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ, whatever. But I'm running late. So I look at it. it it's, you know, there's no glass. So I'm like, all right, I fucking close it. I turn I, I shut it down. I close it. I put it in my thing. I get to the gate. Um, I will tell you another time about the flight. Uh, <laughs> Cause there's a story there. 
uh, and then I, uh, I'm, I'm going to fly home and, uh, I get, you know, the, the flight was eventful. I'm not going to go into it. I'll tell you about it another time. But, uh, because I, because I didn't think I was going to talk for 45 minutes about the current state of affairs in our country, but fuck me, I did. And so I, uh, um, I fly, I, and I get home after a very, uh, after an, an eventful flight. And I, I land, and I mean, I've been traveling for a month, so I'm like, all right, fuck, I get in my house. I open the fucking windows just to air the fucking joint out. I, I put my suitcase down. I'm like, I'm, pack, I'm unpacking this shit tomorrow. But I get my laptop out, and I throw it on the desk, and I open it up, and I plug it in, and it turns on. And on the right-hand side of the laptop, uh, there's about an inch worth of colored bars coming in from the edge of the laptop, which is the, and it's from the right, it's on the right hand side from where the screen hit. Okay. So it's colored bars, horizontal, I'm sorry, vertical, vertical colored bars from the bottom to the top, the whole length of the screen. And at the bottom of the screen, horizontally from, from east to west, uh, there's gray lines and they extend all the way up the screen gray and white lines. Now I, I see that and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I, and I'm, so then I start to Google and they're like, well, you know, you could have bumped something. So do this. And I try, I try all the troubleshooting shit, but as I'm doing this troubleshooting nonsense, these gray lines on the bottom of the screen, cause there's gray lines all through to the top of the screen. The colored bars are, are vertical and on the right, but the gray and white bars are from the, from, and I'm there. You can still see my screen, but clearly it's, it's like I'm looking through a, a window screen or a fence. You know, there's, there's clearly something in front of them. And even as I'm, I'm piecing it together, the bottom of the screen, there's this, this gray and white bar that's getting black. So as I scroll down, you can pull up like a, uh, all your icons in, in the toolbar. Well, now I, I, you know, the toolbar is, is becoming partially hidden behind this expanding black and I just exhale and I'm like, Jesus Christ. All right. Well, maybe tomorrow I can fucking fix this. Who knows? Cause I'm, I'm wiped out man from traveling and doing shit and whatever the fuck. So I sleep on it. I get up the next day and, uh, I open my laptop and now the, at the bottom, the gray and white has just become solid black. Like you can't even see the toolbar anymore. You get the word that prompts you like what your cursor is over. So you can still open programs, but I can't see what they are. I can only see the word when my cursor's on it. I mean, and the gray and white has become more pronounced. The colored bars are in, more intense and a little wider. Like it was, it was about, I'd say half an inch from the right-hand screen. Now it's an inch. And at the bottom, the, the gray and white is now, it's about an inch and a half of a black ribbon strip bar, or whatever the fuck you want to call it along the bottom of my laptop. And I know now I'm fucked. And in the right-hand corner where the actual screen hit, I can see inside the computer there's a spider crack whereas uh like you know how you know when i say spider crack i mean it's just it's you know tendrils from from the corner of the computer it reaches up and there's got to be like six tendrils and they're they're spreading and it's not the screen itself it's something inside the screen has broken and i'm like oh motherfucker so i I run a diagnostics test. The computer itself still works fine. I look for all these troubleshooting things for the screen and it's not working. And I, speaking of not working, I haven't worked all of August 
So my money is, is a bit of a coin flip at that point. And I'm like, well, fuck, I got, I got to get the computer fixed. I got to do that because without the fucking laptop, I can't do this. Like there's anything I can do. I mean, I could put audacity on the fucking desktop I got, which I use for Twitch. But, uh, I, I, I just, I, I need my laptop. I just, I have to have it. So I, I call Apple and they're like, oh yeah, no, this is definitely something you need to bring in and you got to make an appointment at the Genius Bar. So I go to try and make an appointment at the Genius Bar and uh, it's it's all full up. And so I actually waited a couple days and then I checked and in Sherman Oaks, the where where I or near where I live, the fucking Genius Bar didn't have an appointment for, it was like, they give you just a week. The next week we're shot, but there's a place in Encino and then there's a place in fucking uh, another city and they're just like, you can use these. These are Apple endorsed fuck. And I'm like, oh man, I don't want to go to some Apple endorsed bullshit. I don't, I don't know who to trust. I don't know. I know I trust Apple. That's it. I trust the genius is the genius bar. I've been there enough fucking times and I want that. I want Apple to do the hands-on repair. And I talked to the person uh, online and then I Google it and they're like, dude, this is probably going to be like 600 bucks. Um, I, I, t- I talked to my friend Andrew, who's a computer guy. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's, he goes, I can't say how much it's going to be, but yeah, cl- clearly it's going to be expensive. And and I'm in my head, I'm like, because I mean, I let's put it this way. I can get it fixed for 600 bucks, but then I, you know, I'm going to have to get in the car like immediately and drive. And, uh, and there's an issue with that, which I'm getting to. I'll tell you that in a second. Uh, but I had to hit the ground running and start driving anyway. But again, as I've mentioned, there's an issue that's keeping me from doing that, that I'll get to in just one second. So, uh, I talked to a buddy of mine and I'm like, Hey man, my fucking computer. I go, do you know, do you have any idea? Like I'm, cause again, like I said, my buddy, Andrew, he knows computers. And I was like, is there any shortcut? Any, he's like, nah, man, you got to take this in because there's just no way to do this. You have to bring it in. And I talked to a buddy of mine and he's like, I got a guy. I go, does he replace shit? Does he fix shit? He goes, I don't know. He goes, you would have to talk to him. But he goes, but he, he always does us right. All of our machines. Cause this person has a more than they have multiple machines. And I said, cool. So, um, I, I contact this dude and, uh, you know, he's, he's far away. Oh fuck. I, you know what? Why am I being vague and telling you shit? Um, it's my buddy, Pat, and he's got a guy. So Pat refers me to his dude. So I call the guy and this dude's like fucking 30 miles from my house, but I call him up and he's like, yeah, you know that, that sounds bad. Um, what you can do is you can bring it to me and then I can get it into the genius bar for you because I have connections over there. So I can probably get it in the same day. I go, well, that's my problem is I, you know, they're telling me it's going to be a week and I need this, this machine. And he's like, no, man, I, I, you know what? That's our whole deal is we work really closely with them. So if you bring it in and I go, look, I also have another question. Um, I have stuff on this machine that maybe other people wouldn't want to see or shouldn't see or whatever the fuck. And he's like, yeah, I get that. I go, no, I, and and so I have to couch. I'm like, no, there's like passwords and stuff and I've got files. And he's like, yeah, I I understand. I go, I go, so should I brick this thing? He goes, I'll tell you what he goes, why don't you bring it to me? He goes, make a backup. Uh, And I go, I back it up all the time. He goes, all right, make another backup. And then when you back it up, bring it to me and we'll talk about it when you get here. So I, I make an appointment with him the next day. Uh, and I go and I bring it in. I drive all this way and he's a super guy. I bring it in and he goes, all right. He goes, did you back it up? I said, I backed it up this morning. He goes, great. He goes, what we can do is we can just erase it and make it factory issue. He goes, I go, well, what if I just made them need a password to use as a guest? Like I locked all my stuff down. He goes, well, look, and it's funny because this is the same thing. My buddy Andrew told me this is the same thing. Everybody tells me if they want to get in your machine and look at your stuff, they will. You can protect it any way you want. You can use file vault, any of the things you want to do. He goes, now I'm telling you now at an Apple store, they're not going to care. 
Nobody's going to go rifling through your shit. No one's going to go find your stuff. They just, they're, they're looking to churn and burn and get it out of there and repair it and do the best that they can. He goes, but if you go to some other person, perhaps they're going to find a way to dig around and whatever the fuck. And, um, but also I, I, I'll tell you guys, and I talked about this before I read an article, this is like four years ago. It was kind of an expose of the Apple store and they talked to some employees anonymously and they all said, Hey, look, we looked through all your photos. We look through your files. We look through your photos and we, yeah, yeah. And we actually do, we will keep good photos or whatever. And we trade them back and forth. It's just a thing. It happens. So I was like, well, fuck that, man. I can't, I can't, I don't even use the fucking cloud for that reason. As I've mentioned before, uh, you know, anybody sees my cock that's on them and that's their fault. But if there's anybody else involved in these photos or video clips, that's on me. So I'm not about to fucking put that shit out of the goddamn world. So, uh, so I said, I'm going to go, what do we do? Let's just, well, let's just fucking brick the machine. He goes, we well, made a backup. I go, yeah. He goes, all right, cool. And we bricked it. We fucking, we made it factory issue. And he, cause he looked at the screen. I'll tell you, he opened it up. He looks at the screen and he just goes, oh Jesus, <laughs> which is not good when a computer guy says that he goes, yeah, no, you got to get this in like right away. I go, look at that black king. Cause now the black bar is like two inches. He goes, yeah, it's going to just swallow up the whole screen. You can see here it's broken inside. And he goes, so I go, well, how much is this going to cost me? And he goes, well, he goes, you know, we have a fee. We'll run it over there and then they'll let us know. He goes, it could be, you know, it could be 350 bucks, could be 600 bucks. Or if you're under Apple care, he goes, I don't know what it's going to cost. I go, dude, of course I'm under Apple care because, um, listener, Mike, unbelievably generous listener, Mike was the person who supplied us with this machine for the show. And he bought the Cadillac of Apple Care. He bought the whole fucking thing, whatever the fuck, bells and whistles, whatever, how long the coverage was. So I told the guy, no, I definitely have Apple Care. He goes, all right, well, that's going to help. So I'll bring it over there. So I go, when will it be, you know, when, when can I expect this? He goes, well, they tell you five or six business days, but you know, I got a guy over there and I'll see what I can do and I'll bring it in. And I go, all right, cool. Thanks. So I leave, I drive another 30 miles back to my fucking house. And uh, I wait all day and he says, he'll text me once he brings it to the Apple store. So then about 545, I haven't heard from him. So I text him and I'm like, Hey, I don't know what your office hours are, but what did they say? And he goes, Oh man, I didn't have time to bring it over today. So I'll, I'll definitely get it over there tomorrow. And it's that thing where like, this is my guy's guy. I can't fucking yell at him. And also, you know, I'm not paying him a thousand dollars to fix the fucking thing. If he said, I'll fix it, then I can be, you know, Hey man, when is it? Where is it? And what the fuck? But if he's just like, yeah, I'm going to schlep to the Apple store. Cause I got a guy over there then I can't fucking yell. And that's the thing you get what you fucking pay for. We've talked about this a million times. If you got a mechanic that you trust, bring the car to him because if you got to rely on your buddy who knows cars, you're going to be waiting for fucking three weeks for him to come over. And then he goes, Oh man, I don't have the right wrench for this. Hey, let's get high. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck that dude. So sure enough, this fucking dude is, is he, he's like, I didn't bring it over. And I, like I said, I can't yell, but I'm frustrated because I mean, if it's five or six business days, I'm losing light. Okay. And I've got to record a podcast last week. Cause this is two weeks ago. All this shit fucking happened. So time goes by and I'm using, here's the thing. I'm using my old laptop, dude. I don't know. I, I it's, it's, I've never seen a more glaring example of like baby new year and old man new year as I have in the difference between my laptops, because my laptop is a fucking lightning machine. And I bring out the old laptop and you can practically hear all of the fucking hamsters in it dying, just like creaking and their fucking hips snapping because they're old and the engine and the wheezing and the fucking fan. And, and this is a machine that's not really that out of date. I mean, it's, you know, I bought it in 2011, maybe. And it is, but it is just a fucking relic, man. It is just, it, you, you could literally, you know, I talked about fucking Oog hitting rocks together. You could smash these two laptops together for the same thing. When you saw a racist caricature on the goddamn cave wall, it's just fucking dead, man. So 
but I'm using it. It's now an internet box, but I can't record on it because it just doesn't have the proper speed. It's still got audacity. But one of the reasons I needed a new machine was because I couldn't record on the old one. Jesus fucking Christ. You don't care. So I'm using that and it won't play media. This is another thing. Like if I go on Twitter, like it won't play media clips. So I have to, I have to fucking find it's so stupid. There'll be a media clip I want to see on Twitter on my laptop and I have to take a break and then find it on my phone and watch it on my goddamn phone. What a fucking mess. I got two screens on my desktop. I got a fucking laptop. I got my phone rolling. What a, I just, it was terrible. So days go by. I don't bother this dude. And, uh, and I'm like, fuck man. I, you know, I, I really, I have to get the laptop. I mean, what the fuck? So finally, uh, I, I, I go, you got to text him. And I go, you know what? Don't, don't text him. Cause a week goes by. Uh, and then finally on the next Wednesday, I'm, cause I want to push it and I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to be a fucking pest about it. I don't know what's happening. And also, I don't know if they've, cause they might've let him know. And he hasn't let me know. Cause again, I'm not his only fucking customer. It's a busy dude. So who the fuck knows? And also it's not a big operation. It's just a couple of guys in the office and they get the shit done. So, uh, so finally Wednesday, he fucking calls me early in the morning. He's like, Hey, uh, I just heard that your machine's done. I'm like, dude, that's because it was, it's perfect. I've got, I can record Wednesday. That's what exactly what I needed was to do episode one of year 12 last Wednesday. Right? So I said, great, man. How do I handle this? What do I got to do? And he goes, well, he goes, I can go pick it up for you and you can pick it up here by me, or you can go pick it up yourself. I said, well, let me ask you something. Does it cost me anything for you to go pick it up? He goes, oh yeah, we'll charge you the same fee. We charged it to bring it in. And I go, well, would you be mad at me if I went and picked it up myself? And he goes, no, of course not. He goes, you're, I go, because it's, it's just two miles from where you are. Right. He goes, oh yeah, no, if you want to just go pick it up, you can. I go again in my brain. I'm like, yeah, no fucking kidding. I'm not giving you another fucking uh, fee to go, to go pick it up. And then I pick it up in your fucking office. That's fucking ridiculous. Um, especially because, and again, I, this is me. Here's me old crotchety man. I don't have a lawn to tell you to get off of, but I wish I did. Um, this guy was my guy's guy. And so I thought I was going to get some Supreme special. Here we go service. And, uh, it still took five to six business days to get my fucking computer back. Uh, it, he, he essentially, all he did was he brought it in early, I suppose. But I, I also don't know if I could have brought it into this Apple store location in thousand Oaks myself and, and beaten the rush. I got no idea. All I know is I, and, and again, for peace of fucking mind, I will pay you. And that's all. That's what I bought. I bought peace of mind knowing that that guy had my machine and he had a guy there and they were taking care of it. That's all I fucking wanted to do. So I paid him that, but I wasn't willing to pay double for that peace of mind. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm going out to the store myself. So, uh, I, I, I then go to pick up this, uh, the Apple store and I pick up the laptop and I will now leave that story there. And I will say, cause now, cause there you go. That's last Wednesday and I'm getting machine, the machine in the middle of the afternoon. I picked it up at like three o'clock PM. And then of course, 30 miles back, that's an hour and a half in traffic. But, uh, but I had my machine in time to record a show for you guys last Wednesday. So that is not the reason why you didn't get a show last Wednesday. There is a completely different reason why you didn't get a show last Wednesday. Hey, Let's go into that. And in order to do that, we're going to have to go and fire up the Wayback Machine even past me sitting in O'Hare waiting to fly home. Ahmad and I went to Chicago and, uh, and we, we, it was just, we were just fucking, there was a whirlwind of things that we were going to do, man. We were going to the Bears game. 
All these things that I'll tell you about. Well, I, I can tell you about them now. We were going to go to the Bears game. We were going to go to the Cubs game. We had a wrestling event that we were going to go to. Uh, and there were a couple other fucking cool-ass events because he's never been to Chicago. So he, he wanted to go to Portillo's and, and all these different things. He's like, oh, man, we can go here. We can go there, whatever the fuck. So I, I have stuff planned. I'm like, well, look, dude, there's there's good, really good places to eat. And then there's fucking also side places that we can go to. Like fucking there's tons of Chicago fast food joints we can hit. So he's like, I'm in. So we're ready to just go to Chicago. Our plane was running late. We had an appointment on Thursday night that we landed. I'm sorry, Wednesday night. We landed Wednesday night and uh, our flight was two and a half hours delayed. So it looked like we were going to be late, whatever the fuck. And I'll, I'll tell you all about that next week. Okay. But, uh, but I will tell you this for some reason. And look, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out at you right now. The rest of this show is going to be a, uh, I will give you a content warning. I will give you a trigger warning. I will just tell you that if you're eating, uh, there's going to be revelations. There's going to be anecdotes. There's going to be things that I usually don't talk about, but I feel like you need an explanation because I've been pretty radio silent for the past three weeks and you kind of need to know why. So uh, I don't know what happened. All right. But the entire time that um, in August, I, I thought I left Canada and then I went to Chicago and it started when I was in Chicago at first uh, at David's house to do the interlude. Um, I, I, I every day, every time, every every moment that I wound up and I apologize to you, I'm telling you right now, this is going to be graphic and I don't want I'll try to do my best not to ruin your entire week. Uh, from the time I got to Chicago after I left Canada, uh, every day at some point I would just shit out my liver. I I don't, I don't know what the fuck happened. I, I don't know. I, I, it just, everything evacuated out of me immediately and quickly and promptly and noisily in a, in a way that I, I hadn't like, I started to wonder if I had the Ebola virus, like all of a sudden, I'm not kidding. I thought I was liquefying. Something was wrong inside me and I couldn't figure it out. Now I will tell you this as well. It was one of those things where like, uh, I, I, my, I just, I didn't feel right and I couldn't figure out what it was. Now I will, I, here's, here was my leading suspect. Uh, I went to Canada and I ate a bunch of stuff. I ate a bunch of, I ate, I ate like I don't eat here at home. You know, when I'm here at home, uh, certainly I've had chocolate bars and shit like that, but I eat one meal a day. I may need a fucking sub sandwich from Jersey Mike's, or I might get uh, you know, a thing, whatever the fuck I eat one once a day, maybe twice if I'm hungry, but usually once a day and then garbage, you know, which I need to fucking cure. But when I got to Canada, we're eating in the morning, we're eating at night because people, real people eat same thing with Ahmad. You know, I get, I get with Mex and Mex is like, Hey, what are we having for lunch? And then we're going to have dinner. Hey, we're going to do this. Cause, and also Mex eats clean. I shouldn't say Mex doesn't eat garbage, you know? Cause I would say to Mex, Mex would be like, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, I, I'm riding with you, whatever you want. And he's like, well, I know you're from, you, you know, in Chicago, you want to eat Chicago food. And I, 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 I'm trying not to fetishize food so much anymore and make it all about, well, I got to eat here and I got to eat there and I got to go to Nicky's. I got to get euros. I got to do all this stuff, but I had my share. We went to Portillo's. We had Chicago pizza. We, you know, we had, we had the stuff that we were going to have. Cause I think Max literally, he only gets to eat that when I come to town because you know, the guy's fucking, he's taking care of his health. 
So I, but I didn't want to, I, in my brain, I go, I'm not going to make it a point to eat like a fucking psychopath in Chicago, but, but still eating stuff that I don't usually eat somehow. I, I it just tuned up my insides to the point where every fucking, cause it would be this thing where I'm like, I, I, all right, I, I apologize for this. I, all day, like it felt like I was, I, I stuff was going to happen and then it wouldn't. And then out of nowhere, it would just be this explosion. It was just a fucking mess. Uh, and not a mess. Like, I mean, I look, I was well within myself and I took care of it. I took showers. I did whatever the fuck I needed to do. I'm, just, I'm not saying it like it went off at all times. I, I had full control of my, of my body and my bearings, but it was just this thing where it just, so, so it, it just, it just happened all the time. And then I, so then I come home from Chicago, I pick up a mod and then the same thing's happening here at my place. And I'm, I'm with a mod and I, and, uh, and I, and I, then, then it would, it would run the gamut between where it like felt like shit was supposed to happen. And then it was, and then it didn't. And so then I'm, I'm just, and the way I told, I told him on, I go, dude, I'm just fucking, I'm pulling an Elvis. Like I'm going to fucking die in there. And he's just laughing at me. And I go, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to keel over I go, because it just, it feels like literally like my heart wants to leave through my fucking colon and nothing happens. But then later on, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, my head melted. I, I, my skull caved in and it did. My brain came out of my ass. I mean, Jesus, it was a fucking circus. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So, uh, so that's happening. And, and so I, I, in my mind, I'm like, something's wrong with me and I can't figure out what the fuck it is, but I'm trying to, but well, all right, look, I'm not trying to do anything. Ahmad and I get to Chicago. We go to fucking Rick Benny's. We have a breaded steak sandwich. I go, man, and I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe solid stuff will fight, fight it off. I don't know, but I'm, I'm rolling with it and doing the best that I fucking can. And then, uh, I, I remember the date. It was August 31st. Like I said, I'd been having these problems for like a month. All right. But then uh, a challenger appeared. A new obstacle entered the fray. Uh, same thing happened where I was like, all right, I got to go take care of some business here because August 31st, we were going to this wrestling event. And so he and I, by the way, we split a hotel room. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm crazy self-conscious about fuck. I turn all the faucets on the shower. You know what I mean? I don't want anybody to hear anything because it's just terrible. Nobody wants that fucking in their life. I don't want it in my life. So, uh, some on August 31st, I, that's right. I trace it back to, on August 31st. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling an Elvis and I wind up in, uh, in like in pain. Like, I don't know what's going on, but now my, uh, my midsection hurts. When I say my midsection, I mean, uh, my back, like from, from my shoulder blades down to my lower back. So we go to split because we had an early thing to do in the morning. So we wind up driving and I feel discomfort the whole ride. Not discomfort like, oh man, I got to hit a bathroom. More like I can't sit still. And it's not, it's nothing below the waist. It's my fucking, it's my insides. Like it feels like I pulled a muscle in my back and in my core. Like I, I'm getting like shooting pains. I'm getting this, this constant ache. It felt like my fucking back was moaning. Uh, like, like, like that. And it was this constant hum of low level pain accompanied with shooting pains, periodic shooting pains. And if I shifted or moved, so we're driving, I'm trying to get comfortable in the fucking car. I'm just, I'm like putting my leg up and turning my body and nothing's fixing it. Nothing. We go and we, we sit and we went and saw, uh, like we went to a a hotel for a discussion. There was a, a wrestling journalist who gave like a, a two hour talk. 
two and a half hour talk. And he was fucking incredibly gracious and informative. It was really fun. I didn't think I would like it and I really enjoyed it. And then, uh, but I'm sitting there the whole time and, you know, in a hotel conference room on a fold out chair and I'm, and I'm just going, uh, 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 trying to move and shift and, and make things work. And, but I'm in pain, man. So I got to hit the head twice during this thing and nothing, no, nothing's evacuating. Like, no, it's not, I'm not Elvising at the hotel. I'm just, but I guess, you know me, I'm not a public fucking, I'm, I don't shit in public. It just doesn't work. I'm not going to give everybody else shit long. I don't, like I said, I'm in the hotel room with a mod. I'm turning all of the faucets on. I'm playing music. I hire a band to come in. I hire a chorus, Vienna chorus to sing outside the window. So nobody hears my dirty business. Uh, so I don't want to do that in a fucking hotel hallway either. Fuck that. So, but I didn't need to, thankfully, but I did, I did keep me, I did need to keep, uh, uh, I had, I had to piss like all the time. Like I'm, I'm running, I, you know, I'm going there. I, I, I pissed when we were in line. I went and sat and I have, dude, I told you I'll, I'll drive for Uber and I'll sit in the car for like five hours and I'm, I'm good, man. When I've done Twitch streams, I've, I've Twitch streamed for nine hours and not hit the bathroom. I just, there's something I, I have, that's my superpower, man. Talking and that I'm a camel. But for some reason, I keep hitting the head and I'm, I'm, I'm in pain and I don't know what the fuck is going on. And so we leave there and we go back to the hotel room because the wrestling's not for like four or five hours. So I'm like, dude, I'm going to get a fucking nap because we, we had not slept. We were up late on Friday and, and got up real early on Saturday. So I lay down and I, it felt really good to lay down because I just got to stretch out. But my whole body just this creaky moaning like in this i had a haunted attic for a back what the fuck waiting for a fucking skeleton to jump out man so uh i sleep i wake up and i'm like all right you know i feel a lot i actually feel a lot better i don't know what the fuck happened here but i go in to use the restroom and take a shower and i sit down and uh and and i again it happens again where i i assault this toilet in, in the most heinous of ways. And I'm just like, what the fuck happened to me, man? I don't. And again, the previous night we had gone to Portillo. So I'm like, all right, this is the revenge of more Chicago food, but now it's accompanied by this pain in my back. And I mean, I, and I'm, I'm like, what the, so I get in the shower, I clean up and I walk out and I'm like, oh man, I fucking pulled another Elvis in there. And he's like, are you all right? I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what's happening. Um, I know I'm empty. I can tell you that I'm fucking hollow inside. So we go to the wrestling, uh, and we sit there and we're, we're in great seats, really comfortable seats. And I can't get comfortable. Uh, my body's moaning. I'm shifting. I'm moving. I'm putting my feet up. I'm crossing my legs. I'm uncrossing my legs, anything. And, and I'm running to the fucking John every, you know, fucking half hour. And, and it's not like me, man. That is absolutely not like me. So I, I, I'm in pain and I'm sitting there and we watch it. It's fucking amazing. We have fun. We drive back to the hotel and the next day is when we're flying. So we get up early. We wind up going to, uh, um, Mandarin. What the fuck is it? Uh, Mandarin goat. I don't know. It's fucking Stephanie Izard's restaurant. So we went there for, for brunch before we split, man. And we had some fucking Asian, Asian breakfast food, but not really breakfast food. We had Chinese food. Um, I don't know. She does some Mandarin, some Szechuan, whatever the fuck we had amazing food. I, I, uh, I think we had goat, chop suey. I don't fucking know. I'll tell you, I'll have to look it up and find it. But, but I was in, I was in pain where I'm sitting there. And now, now I hit the head at this fucking restaurant like four times. And, uh, and every time I go, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, again, I'm warning you about content. 
uh, one of the times I go in again, you know me, I, I just mentioned, I'm not a, I'm not a public guy, but I had to, I was nothing I could fucking do. And, and you know me, or you also know this. I, uh, I get naked when that happens. I don't fuck around. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I went, I've talked about this before. So thankfully she had, uh, unbelievably great bathrooms. There were two men's bathrooms and two women's bathrooms, but you know, they only held one person at a time. Uh, and I, and so I, you know, I take my shorts off, I get the shirt off, I get fucking ready to go. But I will tell you this, there's an opaque door, like an opaque glass on the door. You can't see what's going on, but you can kind of see shapes. And in my mind, if anybody's looking in there, they're just seeing a giant flesh colored shape moving around. They're like, what the fuck's happening in there, man? But, uh, but I do, cause I got to stay clean. I got to just, I, I just, I can't, I can't fall into the trap of being a lazy shitter. I can't be that guy. I got to stay true to myself, everybody. So, uh. So that's happening. And I go back to, I, we, and then we're eating lunch and I get up and I go again. And I mean, and also I'm not pulling it out every single time. A lot of times I'm just, I'm just fucking, I'm pissing. But then also I will tell you this. Uh, and I, again, I completely apologize to you. It feels like I have to piss and then I'm standing there and it's, and nothing, man, nothing. I'm, I can't pull the trigger and I'm waiting. And then I'm like, all right, well, fuck this. And then I'll wash my hands and go to leave. And then it happens. I'm like, all right, I got to do it. And then I do. And then I wind up doing it. It's like, you have to, I had to sit there and coax it out. It was like, you know, I used to dog sit a long time ago and there was a dog and it was half blind and it literally would hide under the bed and you would have to take treats and, and hold it under its nose and then kind of lure it out from under the bed. So I could put her in the backyard and, and watch her and feed her. And, uh, and that's what it was like with my cock. I'm like, I, I'm like, I, what, what treat can I use? How, how do I, how do I summon this out of my body? How can I get this to work properly, man? What the fuck's happening? So I go outside. Finally, I'm on. He's like, are you all right? I go, I don't know, dude. I go, I'm st- I still have the back pain. Like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. So we go to the airport. The aforementioned, uh, laptop, uh, extravaganza happens. And then I get to get on a four hour flight, which uh, was also eventful for other reasons, but I get on it and I, I can't fucking, I can't get comfortable. I'm sitting, I'm shifting, I'm moving. And I'm, look, I'm a big dude already. There's somebody sitting next to me and she's, I tell her, I go, look, I'm really sorry. I'm a big person. I will try not to fucking squish you. She goes, don't worry about it. I work for the airline. Who cares? So thankfully she understood, but I kept, I would cross my legs. I would kind of shift and twist and fucking stretch my back. And, and even at fucking 30,000 feet, just that creaky moaning in my fucking back, get off the plane get into my house. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't fuck with the laptop that night. I, I looked at it. And I was like, I'll fix this fucking tomorrow. I don't fucking care. Cause I had to go lay down. So now we're looking at September 1st and then the second and the third, I'm dealing with my laptop. I'm dealing with all these things, but also I can't sit still in my own fucking house. I, uh, and now I'm starting to have kind of uh, real pain in my back. And Oh, I should tell you this. I forgot to mention this. Uh, it's weird that there would be this oversight, but it's because I don't want to really share this with you, but I apologize again for content warning. Uh, this happened, this started on, uh, on, on August 31st. When I remember when I said I slept, I took a nap and I got up to go to the wrestling and, uh, I, uh, I start pissing blood. Uh, and then it happens all day at that fucking Chinese restaurant. When I, when I'm able to piss it's blood. And then it continues for the next fucking week. Every day it's, it's happening. And I'm a, uh, and uh, listen to me, loyal listener, listen to me, friends, listen to me, internet chums, listen to me, inner circle thing. Listen to me, all of you. After a week of pissing blood, uh, 
you start to worry that something might be going on. You start to worry coupled with your back pain and the fact that you're running into the fucking head every goddamn 40 minutes, then 30 minutes, then 20 fucking minutes. It's just getting worse by the day. Uh, and then you realize, well, you don't realize, you know, you know it inside your fucking bones. Uh, here's the thing, folks, you know me when I had good insurance, uh, I would go to the doctor if my hair hurt. I didn't give a fuck. Hey man, you know what? I think there's something in my eye. You want to flush it? Whatever the fuck, let's do this, man. Hey, can you trim my nails for me? I don't want to make the mistake of possibly cutting myself. Like let's get some experts in here. But, um, as you may recall from previous episodes, previously on the 40 year old boy, uh, when I renewed my Obamacare insurance last year, my uh, Affordable Care Act, whatever you want to call it, I hit the wrong button and uh, I applied for Medi-Cal and then I received a note in the mail that said, hey, you've been rejected for Medi-Cal. And I'm like, well, I don't give a fuck. It was an accident. I hit the wrong button. And then I checked in April and it turned out they weren't deducting anything. And I called Blue Cross. They're like, hey, man, you don't have any insurance. Uh, you got canceled because you were asking for Medi-Cal. And I go, well, let's reinstate it. They go, well, great. Send us your taxes from the past few years. I'm like, I filed an extension. And then... And at that point, I lose the plot on the conversation. And again, it's my fault. I'm not, I'm not trying to go, well, they did this and these mean people. No, fuck that. This is my fault. I'm a child. I, I, with my insurance, I hid under the coats because by that time it was April slash May. And in my brain, I went, you know what? Renewal comes around in October. And the last two years I had insurance, I only went for physicals. I didn't need to go to the doctor really. Uh, and also my fucking copay had gone up. So I didn't want to deal with that. So in my brain, I'm like, you know what? Fucking write it out, dude. The last two years, you only went for physicals. And even actually last year, I didn't even go for a fucking physical. I couldn't schedule it. I didn't get it done in time. But I, I just, I, I was like, all right, man, fuck it. You don't, you don't have to worry about this. Go ahead and shine it. Get to October. And that's when, you know, open, open house starts, whatever the fuck it's called, open renewal or whatever. And uh, open enrollment, that's it. That's the word I should know because my wife worked in insurance. And uh, and so that's when I, I'm like, just get to October, man. Just ride out the summer. Well, of course, what I didn't realize is that Jesus was going to kick me in the dick and fuck everything up in fucking August. So I, I'm pissing blood for a week and I, I'm starting to get real pain in my back and I'm stretching and doing what I can and I can't sit still. So I can't even go. I can't go to the car and drive. Like part of me wants to go drive and, and make money because I need to make money. I'm fucking broke. I mean, I just took a month off, but sure enough, uh, I can't sit still. So getting in the car and driving somebody who knows if I pick somebody up and they want to go 40 minutes and I'm like, ah, fuck. And what am I going to do? I'm going to wear, what am I going to wear a fucking diaper? Am I going to get a catheter? I'm not fucking Burt Reynolds at an est meeting. I'm not fucking making that happen. I can't fucking do that. So in my brain, here's what I think. Uh, well, you know, it worked so well when I hid under the coats, when I found out I didn't have insurance, let's just pile more coats on top of us and hide from our own fucking kidneys. Let's do that. Let's hide from our dick. That's pissing blood all over the fucking place and hope it goes away. Hope it goes away. Friends. I mean, I Google this shit, right? I go to fucking WebMD. As we know, adventures with WebMD on this fucking show and every fucking show are a mistake. Because like I said, I, I, I could have, they're like, well, it could be a kidney UTI or it could be bladder cancer or it could be feline AIDS. I mean, who the fuck knows what I've got? All I know is I'm pissing blood. I can't stand up sometimes because of the pain in my back. And what the fuck? So, uh. But I'm not, but I can't be moved to go to a doctor. I can't be moved to go to make a fucking insurance call. I, I can't, I just figure, you know what? Let's ride this out. Cause I mean, look, man, um, 
I'm unkillable. You know that I'm, I'm, I, I have a pretty high pain threshold. Now, look, I don't want to have that. You sh- nobody should ever go, I have a really high pain threshold. You know what that means? You're in high pain a lot of the fucking time. That shouldn't be the case. Nobody wants to have a high pain threshold, but I'm also not going to dive into a fucking pill bottle. It's not like I'm taking fucking six Tylenol a day or whatever. One day I did took like three Tylenol. I'm like, I have to because I, I was having some issues, man. But, uh, but sure enough, on, on, you know, I'm, I'm pissing blood for that whole first week. I have to go to, when I had to go to Thousand Oaks, I have to bring my, uh, I have to bring my laptop uh, into that guy. And then I, you know, I'm like, do you have a restroom here in the fucking office? And then I have to drive back to where I live. Uh, and I, I had to pull off the fucking highway and hit the head. I was just, it's, it was, it's, it was a nightmare, man. It was, it, it's. And I, and also a nightmare that I don't know what the fuck is going on. Cause that's another thing. It's I'm pissing blood and I'm in pain and I'm just hoping it goes away. And I know that's not the proper strategy. I'm aware of this and you're all going to bust my fucking balls because I had other friends who fucking reached out and said, are you okay? Like what, what is happening? Like I, I, cause I, I tunneled into my apartment. I dug in like a tick. Like I said, I hid under the fucking coats because nobody wants to be weak. Nobody wants to be less than nobody. Nobody wants. And I know there's this thing. Come on. You got to have friends and we all need help and you got to reach out. And sometimes, you know, you got to get picked up and dusted off. Yeah. But, but try telling your friend, Hey man, you know what's going on? Um, I'm pissing blood all over the place and I can barely stand up sometimes and, and watch their eyes bug out. And you know what they'll tell you? Go to the doctor because they can't help you. Your friends can't fucking help you because then they tell you to go to the doctor and you're like, yeah, I can't afford it. And they just look at you like you're fucking insane. But it's a very real situation for a lot of people in this fucking world. Not just me. Our buddy Dave right now is on strike with the UAW and they took his fucking health benefits away and he's got a kid, man. I can't fucking imagine how scary that is. So there are people going through it and you always do that thing. Look, I've always done the jut jaw thing. It's the Schmidt thing where you're like, I'll get through this. I lived in a car. I mean, I'll get through this. I've been homeless. I mean, I, you know, all that shit where you're like, I'll solve this, but I mean, I can't cure shit. I still got to get to a fucking doctor. So last Tuesday, it's, it's kind of coming around where I'm still pissing blood, but I'm not in so much pain. I got to pick up my buddy, Jeff at the airport and I head down. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm taking him to the airport that day. So I pick him up at his house and the way it works with Jeff is Jeff will talk to me for 25 minutes about what's on his mind, what's going on and all that. And then he'll go, so baby, what's up with you? <laughs> and it makes me laugh every time. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, things are a little whatever. And he's like, you getting out there. What are you doing? I was like, ah, well, and, uh, and I said, I'm fine. I've, you know, I've been feeling a little under the weather now, so I've got to warn you, we might have to stop. And he's just like, okay. And, uh, and he goes, well, what's going on? And I said, uh, you don't want to fucking hear this. Cause nobody wants to hear this shit. Nobody. And, uh, cause he had already known about my insurance saga. Cause I'm one of the phone call, one of the, the trips we've taken. He goes, so baby, what's going on with you? Well, I lost all my insurance. Um, but so he's like, well, what's going on? Tell me. And he's an older guy. He's a little older than me by 10 years. And so he's been through whatever. So I said, all right, look, I'm going to share this with you. I apologize right now, but I'll tell you. And so I recount for him what's going on in my symptoms. And he goes, well, you got to go to a doctor. I go, yeah, I know, but I can't. I have no insurance. He goes, that doesn't fucking matter. You have to go to the doctor. And I go, well, I, yes, I understand that. In theory, that makes complete sense. But, but to go to the doctor, you need, you need money. He goes, how much do you need? 
I go, Jeff, no, I don't, I don't need your money. And he goes, no, he goes, you got to get this taken care of, man. You, you, this is not something you fuck around with. It just, it's, and I go, well, I Googled it at WebMD and he goes, don't, don't ever do that. I go, I know I did, but it's like, it could be this. It could be this. I, and I, here's what I had self-diagnosed. Okay. Of all the things that I thought it could be, it really sounded to me like kidney stones. Uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm pissing a lot of the time and, and a lot of the time I got dribble dick too, which isn't fucking helping. So you got to fucking, then you got to sit down and what you just feel, you're just emasculated. Cause any, anything that's got to do with your cock, you're just like, Oh man, what the fuck? You know what I mean? It's like, cause again, you're getting older now. So I'm like, I need this fucking thing. I told you, I, I, when I, when I, I was out of commission after fucking hooking up with that girl, I jerked off twice a day to make sure we were still okay. Like I got, I'm like, all right, I got to make sure. Cause that's the last fucking thing I'm going to lose. I got to make sure that fucking works and we're fine and we're fine. You know? Cause I will tell you, I will tell you this, uh, I jerked off this entire time, even though I'm pissing blood and stuff, because I still want to make sure that we're okay. But I will also tell you this. Uh, and again, I apologize. This is going to get graphic and I do apologize. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pissing blood and all this stuff. And I'm telling Jeff about it. He's like, you got to go to the fucking doctor. This is last Tuesday. He's like, you got to go. You got to go. I said, I will. I, I eventually, but right now I think I'm going to try to ride it out. He's like, you can't ride this out. And uh, I should also tell you this, when I Googled, the one thing that really stuck in my head, because there was WebMD and there was all these reports and there's all these things telling you, well, it could be this, it could be that. But one of the things that really stuck in my fucking brain pan was there was a site, I believe it was the Mayo Clinic site. And it said, uh, it was like, you know, blood in urine or whatever. And it just said, hey, if you have blood in your urine, you need to go to a doctor immediately because it could be any number of things, but all of them could be serious. Who the fuck knows? I mean, it could be kidney stones. You could have to ride it out. Or it could be, you know, and it literally, it's all these things, but, but that's not a good sign. That's a catch all for bad things. All right. That's clearly a bad sign. And especially when it's going on for, well, at the time when I was with, with Jeff, um, you know, we're looking at almost 10 days at that point of piss and blood and pain in my, in my back. And, and, uh, and also that thing where I told you, like, it feels like a stop start, like where you're, where you're pissing and, uh. And, and it won't, and nothing happens, but then all of a sudden it fucking blasts. Like it's this thing where, you know what it felt like? It, it's, it, uh, cause also I, I look, I would jerk off. All right. And, uh, and normally when I'm jerking off, I think I apologize. Normally you're jerking off and it's, just, and it's, and you're fucking, uh, you know, you're throwing ropes. I mean, it's just, you fucking run off a batch and it fucking goes flying out and that's totally fine. And, and, but now I, I can, I can tell there's, uh, <laughs> I apologize. Uh, when I, when I'm going to shoot, it has to fight its way out. Like it's, it's literally like, you know what? My, like my, my fucking, my, my cum is like the Korean guy, an old boy. And my fucking entire cock is the hallway and it's just got a fucking hammer. And my cum has got to fight its way out of my dick. God, it just, I, I would get, cause I would get to, you know, you fucking look, we have all, everybody's had orgasms, right? So, you know, especially when you're fucking jerking it, you're like, all right, I'm going to get there. We're going to do this. And I'm going, you know, I'm, I've got a, whatever you, 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 you're, you know, you just fucking know. So I'm getting there, but also I can feel it's fucking blocked. Like it's coming, but it won't fucking, it won't, it, I couldn't get off. Like, I mean, but I'm, but it was, I gotta admit it was kind of fun because I'm not getting off, but I'm not really getting off. There's no fucking, there's no fucking, there's no money shot, but there's money. It's just stuck in the ATM and I'm pushing the buttons and it won't fucking come out. And then, cause usually, 
you know when I when I jerk off and you're fucking shooting, you're just all, you're just throwing right hooks. You're just like it just comes fucking flying out of you. Boom, 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 boom. You throw like four right hooks and you're fucking ready. You're ready to go. But now because it's fighting through a blockade because it's got an old boy out of my cock, it's like it's like throwing jabs, like like three jab, 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 and then all of a sudden a huge fucking right hook would come shooting out. So it's almost like so I'm not even like instead of throwing ropes, I'm throwing like four strings and then a fucking rope. It's like you know what it was like. It was like my fucking cock was uh, like the cum was Kool Aid, the Kool Aid man, and my cock was the wall, and my fucking and my cum is like just backed up. It's like I'm I'm ready to fucking jizz all over the fucking place, but it can't fight through. It's like a a little, a little, a little, and then boom! Oh yeah! (laughs) It just comes shooting out, and I'm like, all right. And then in my head, I'm like, is this the new normal? Is this what it's going to have to be like? Because also, um, I'm not going to lie to you, there's pain involved. I mean, it's not its not a fucking pleasant experience. I mean, look, it's, I mean, there's sort of a pleasant experience. It felt like what I would imagine feels like to get a Prince Albert. Like it was a real sharp kind of a fucking pain right in the, right in the, the, I don't know, perineum, the fucking frenium. I don't know what the fuck, the frenulum, who the fuck knows the, the, the palladium. I don't know what the fuck, right, right at the head of your cock, like right at the fuck where they put the Prince Albert. It would be this, there's pain there. And I mean, but there's still pleasure because I'm jerking off and I'm fucking shooting. But at the same time, it was like, it, it felt like at the same time, there was like a knife point in my cock. I, I don't even know how to explain it, but I still jerked off every day because I couldn't bear the thought of it not working. In my brain, I'm like, all right, well, this is just what you're going to go through now, man. This is it. This is how it's going to be from now on. You're just going to fucking, you're going to come at knife point. And it's like, I've thought my entire life, could I ever come at knife point? Guess what? The answer is yes. We've learned it over the past fucking two weeks. So, uh, I, I, I'm just on Tuesday, I'm with fucking with Jeff and he's like, you gotta go to a doctor. And, and I mean, like I said, well, you know, the Mayo Clinic did say that, uh, you know, you're in, you're in constant pain and blood in the urine. You need to go. And he's like, we gotta go. I'll give you money. What do you, and I'm like, no, dude, stop. I go, I'll figure it out. I go, but you're not wrong. Cause it, it's, it's getting worse. I think it's getting worse. And this is after 10 days, man. So because again, the whole time it feels like my cock's got a rock in its shoe. You know what I mean? It's like just right there at the fucking, right at the head, like right at the opening. It's just got this fucking, this, this, uh, the point of a knife or a rock or fuck. You know what it's like? You know, yeah, it was like my cock was like a whistle. You know how you got a whistle and it's got that thing inside when you blow it and it goes, I, I get that. My cock's a whistle at this point, but unfortunately I got nobody to blow it and see if it still makes fucking noise. I have no idea what's happening. Uh, but it is like, cocks like a whistle with that fucking pee in the head. Oh Christ. That fucking whistle boulder pebble, whatever the fuck. Uh, Christ. So I, I just, it's, it's, I'm telling him everything's going to be fine. I drop him off at the airport and then I drive home and, uh, dudes, I, I, I don't know what it was, but for some reason Tuesday, I don't know if it's just talking to, to, to Jeff intensified it. Tuesday was the worst fucking day. Tuesday, I got home and uh, I was actually texting with somebody and I'm, 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 you know, she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm sick, but I don't want, I don't want to tell anybody. I don't want to fucking tell anybody, man. Cause again, I don't, nobody wants to be fucking weak. So I, 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 but I'm, I'm have to say I'm, you know, cause this people kept asking me, are you driving? What are you doing? And I'd be like, yeah, and I'm not streaming. And uh, literally or, or figuratively, <laughs> I'm not streaming on Twitch or in real life. I got fucking dribble dick half the time and I'm, I, and I'm hitting the head fucking four times an hour. 
I'm just getting up, walking, getting up, walking. And then it, again, it gets to be like six times an hour. Like, I mean, I'm going every 10 minutes, every five minutes I go in there, whether, whether anything happens or not, I feel like I got to go in there. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? So then Tuesday I'm, I'm home and it starts to feel like there's, there's this in this pain that just hits my entire lower half from the middle of my back to above my knees, even my thighs, man. Like it's just this ache and this, mm, this, this moan, but it's getting louder and it's fucking intense and it's squeezing because before it would come in flashes, it would this low level kind of, and then, but then everybody like, mm, it would rev up now though. I'm, I'm, I I've got an outboard motor rolling, man. I mean, I, I am in pain the whole fucking time and it feels, you know what it feels like? It feels heavy. My thighs, my fucking, you know, my hips, my kidneys, my balls, everything. There's just this fucking pain and it, it, it's constant and it's this fucking throb and I, and I don't know what the fuck. And so now I got to, now I'm laying down. I can't even stand up at this point. And I, like I said, in my brain, it's still kidney stone. So I'm like, all right, is this like the big one? Is this fucking, is this where I'm really going to get killed? Cause I'll tell you what, I went and Googled it. They said kidney stones are like the most intense pain. They're talking about how fucking terrible it is. Now, I haven't, I haven't had intense pain. I've had real low level fucking constant pain for a long time, but nothing that fucking hit me like that Tuesday. And that Tuesday I was in pain, but it wasn't, it wasn't just my fucking cock. It was like everything from my fucking knees to my goddamn, to my like just below my fucking rib cage. And it was my kidneys. It was coming from the back and it was radiating man through the whole fucking thing. And, uh, and so it said that kidney stones can have this really intense pain as you're passing them. And they said, or it's a pain that's very much like menstrual cramps and you'll have it constantly. And, uh, and that felt like what I was having. I, I, you know, I look, I certainly, I don't know what menstrual cramps feel like. All right. I, I've heard them described. Certainly women are, are, can be incapacitated by them. And I've been with enough women who had cramps. Like I, you know, I've been with women who asked me to press like on their midsection. Like they would be like, all right, put your hand here. Uh, and they would hold my hand and they would press down as hard as they could with my hand because my hand was bigger than theirs. It would cover this area. And they were like, just push, just please push. And so I would push in certain areas. They would use my hand. It was like a massage, but it was a, and, and so let me say this to you right now. All right. And I, and this is no revelation. I don't think I've ever been some fucking, uh, you know, hardcore. Hey, you know, if a guy get kicked in the balls, that hurts a lot more than childbirth. I know I, I respect women and their bodies and the fucking pain that they go through. But I, I, you always hear cramps, but to hear women talk about cramps because they deal with them every month, it's very easy to dismiss the pain that women are in from their cramps. But holy fuck, if it's anything, anything like what I felt that fucking Tuesday and they get that every month, every woman on this planet could kick the fuck out of you. Every single one of them. And that's not some joke about, ha ha, avoid your wife for three days. Waha, waka waka. No, fuck that, man. I mean, do everything you can to make their time comfortable when they are going through that, when the cramps show up, when they're going through the actual fucking period. And then afterwards, whatever the fuck they need, give it to them. Cause I'm laying in my house on a fucking Tuesday with nobody. And I'm, I'm in a ball. I got my knees up fucking up around my fucking nipples. And I'm just uh, like, I mean, I can't, I'm holding my balls in my left hand and just fucking going, stop, please stop, man. And I'm going into the, I'm hitting the head every fucking six minutes and trying to get stuff out of me. And it's, you know, uh, it was what a fucking tragedy. And that's Tuesday. And it goes all night. 
I can't sleep. I'm fucking, I'm on the couch. I'm, I, I didn't want to go to the bed. Like I'm on the couch and the, I made it off the couch to the floor and laid there in fucking pain and went, all right, well, this is fine. <laughs> this is okay. I'm okay on the floor. I surrounded myself with throw pillows and just fucking laid there, man. Cause I didn't want to fucking move. I didn't want to do anything. And again, as I will, I will state it again. I, if this is anything, what women go through every fucking month, then I am, I am a pussy and women could kick the fuck out of me, dude. And and look, not that I didn't respect and love women already, but holy fuck, if this is what you're going through every single month, Jesus Christ, how the fuck is there a flower unbought? How the fuck is there any sort of anything you want should be given to you? There should just be fucking, they should have, you know how like men have cigar bars. There should just be like fucking cramps bars where women can go and get waited on by fucking anybody like other women probably because men are fucking dicks. But I mean, any women who understand what the other women are going through, almost like midwives who help people give birth or whatever the fuck you should just, there should be a fucking, a place women can go with cramps for just like three days, like those Japanese fucking pod hotels, but they give you anything you need. You need fucking, you want chocolates, you want fucking chicken fried steak, you want fucking pickles and peanut butter, whatever the fuck, I don't know, whatever you need. And someone should just rub your midsection. There should just people like masseuses and masseurs who just fucking, you know, give massages at spas. They should just be able to do fucking midsection massages for women with cramps because Jesus fuck, if that's what you're going through every month, you should just be able to fucking disappear for three days and your husband should be cool with it. Cause I'll tell you what dudes, if you went through what I went through fucking Tuesday, you would drive your wife there, carry her in and then go and pick her up in three days and carry her home. Holy fuck. I couldn't move. And then I'm like, well, fuck, I got to do a show on Wednesday and I'm, I'm not driving. I'm not making money and I'm just, and I'm not eating. Thankfully, you know what I mean? I'm, I mean, I'm eating once a day, but I can't even go out and get food. So, uh, so then fucking, I, I finally on the floor on Tuesday night, I drift off to sleep. I fucking finally crash out. I wake up Wednesday and, uh, I feel better. There's still pain, but I go in to piss for the first time in the morning and I sit down. Unfortunately you have to, because like I said, I don't know what the fuck I to expect. Even, even with the fucking morning hard on, I got to sit down. What a fucking mess. And, uh, and, and it's different this time because it fucking, it fire hoses out of me. Okay. And then it kind of stops and then it fire hoses again and then it stops. And then I feel that knife point thing that I told you I was feeling when I was jerking off and, and, and then it fucking, it stops and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, all right, what the fuck? And I'm waiting, you know, just fucking scrolling through my phone, just going, is this my life now? Is this my fucking life now? I mean, look, I've been a prisoner to my cock my entire fucking life, but for good reasons. Now, Jesus, fuck. So all of a sudden I start, I I mean, I get like fucking, it hurts. Like, I mean, pain. And, uh, and it, 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 the knife point thing starts happening in the head of my cock just underneath it. And then I, and I, but I'm now I'm pissing normally and everything seems to be fine. And then I'm, and then all of a sudden I just feel really good. Like, I don't know how to explain it. There was this, this burst of like, I just, you know, fire hosed out again. The stop start has ended. And then I finish and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting, you know, just in case. And then, uh, I'm gonna take a shower. So I stand up and I look and there's, you know, blood of course. But, um, and again, I'm apologizing to you now. I didn't mean to start year 12 off with this. When I started doing this podcast 12 fucking years ago, I never thought I'd be telling you this fucking story. Who the fuck knew? But here we are. Uh, I, I, uh, 
I, I look in and uh, I've been looking in because I keep hearing that, you know, you'll pass a kidney stone. It'll be the worst fucking pain in the world. And like I said, I was fire hosing, then stop and then start and stop, start. And then all of a sudden it felt like I blasted through and the knife point thing was gone. And I look and there's uh, I, I'm apologizing to you. What I found wasn't a stone. It wasn't hard. It wasn't, you know, anything, but there's, there's, uh, I apologize. It's like a clot that looks like it came out of me. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's fucking bananas. Uh, it's not giant. It's small, but it's noticeable. You know what I mean? Because it's the only fucking thing that's noticeable. Uh, and it's different. That doesn't happen a lot. So you only, believe me, if you, if you fucking, if you go to take a piss, you stand up and there's a fucking spider in the toilet. You're like, holy fuck. Did that come out of me? Uh, well, that's sort of what this was like. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Was that mine? Is that something I need? Do I got to put that back in? Uh, but I, but I felt infinitely better. And so I fucking flushed it. I take a shower. And, uh, and then that's the day I get the text to go get my laptop. So, uh, so I'm like, all right, fuck. And, and, and then I got to, I, I told you, I told the guy, look, I'll go get it myself at, at the Apple store. And, uh, <laughs> and so I get to the fucking mall. I drive and I, I, I just tell you, I'm not in pain anymore. There's no, there's no, uh, it's not happening, but, uh, but I'm still weak, you know, I haven't eaten anything. So I take a shower, I get ready and I just, I got to get my machine because I know I got to do a show for you guys that day. That's record day that Wednesday. So I fucking, I get in the car, I, I drive the 30 miles to the fucking mall and I'm fine. Everything's great. I go walking into the mall. Everything's good. And, uh, I get to the Apple store and right when I'm about to go into the Apple store, Hey, guess what? Uh, I've got it. I, I have to use the bathroom and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. But at least it has, I mean, I was able to make this fucking 35 minute drive and nothing, and there's no pain. It's not, it's nothing crazy, but I've also, unfortunately, I'm really in tuned with, I've got to listen to my body at this point. So I'm like, well, fuck it. Just, all right. And I'm in a mall. I'm in some place called the Oaks and it, all of a sudden it comes on with some urgency and I'm like, all right, fuck. So I look for a sign. It's like restrooms over here. So I start walking. It turns out the restrooms they're like a fucking half a mile away. It's one of those giant malls that they built when that seemed like a good idea. One of those Dawn of the Dead malls people could fucking live in if they wanted to. So I'm walking and I'm walking past lids and I'm walking past fucking, you know, the Funko Pops on the wall with fucking all these, all these stores and restaurants and I'm walking and I'm, I see the restroom sign. It's just beacon in the night that I'm fucking rolling there. Like I said, it's 2.30 in the fucking afternoon. So I head into this fucking, I turn left and there's another long fucking Hitchcock hallway to get to the bathroom. And I will tell you, there's, there's good and bad here. The bad is I got to fucking, I, like I have to fucking piss. I know it. And it's been, a, it's been an emergency for 10 fucking days. But I'm also not going to fucking collapse in a pile of it. I'm like, all right, well, let's, you know, a few more steps, whatever the fuck. But the good news is this is off the beaten path. So if anything fucking terrible happens, I'm golden. Nobody's going to hear me. You know, normally I want to turn on every faucet and shit like that. But, you know, I'm like, all right, well, this will be fine. I'm, I'm far away from everybody. You know, I told you there was a time there, there was a casino <laughs> when I was in Tahoe. There was a casino that I used to just fucking that was my that was my headquarters. When I, cause I had to take the bus home and all this kind of shit. Well, when I had to wait for the bus, I would just go to this fucking casino and I would, I would lounge 
naked in the fucking handicap stall. And I loved it. It was so great. (laughs) What a fucking weirdo. So I go to this fucking mall. I get to this fucking bathroom and it's a fancy bathroom. You know, it's got like it had it had something I'd never seen in my entire fucking life. It's got a combination faucet slash air dryer. So it's got two knobs, like one of them, like you turn it on, you know, it's hot and cold water, and then you move your hand over and the air dryer's right there by the fucking sink. So weird, but fancy again to say, and also bullshit that nobody needs. Like, I know you're trying to save the earth, but they still had paper towels in the fucking joint. Like, whatever the fuck. All right, good for you. So I walk in, thankfully it's empty. I go over, there's a, I go to, I go to the handicap stall and unfortunately the, the seat was broken, not broken, like off but broken, like, you know, on the back, it's got those two fucking bolts. Well, one of the bolts is kind of disconnected because obviously some fucking roly dude just, he threw himself on there and smashed it. You know what I mean? And, and also this thing is so far off the beaten path. No maintenance man has been in here for fucking months. So nobody's all gone. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to fucking do that. Cause I mean, and you know, what's funny. I wouldn't give a shit about freezing out the home, the, the, the fucking handicapped dude by using his stall, but I won't use the broken stall. I'll leave that for roly dude. I'm like, all right, there you go. Roly, you fucking make that work. <laughs> so that was enough to get me to choose because there's three stalls. So I picked the one in the middle. I go in and it's funny. It's like the airport, like those fucking, I don't, I don't usually sit down in these stalls. I don't do it. It's just not my fucking thing, but they're so low, dude. Like I don't, how fucking low to the ground do these toilets have to be? But you fucking, I sit down and practically, practically like my elbows are on my knees. You look like a fucking five-year-old sitting on a porta potty trying to train himself. You know, you're just fucking, I'm sitting there and I, you know, so then I, 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 again, like I said, it. I'd been Elvising as well. So there's, there's some, there's a little pain in my back and my kidneys and stuff. And I'm like, well, and also I don't know if I'm gonna have dribble dick. I don't know what the fuck's going to fucking happen. Cause it's been a rough fucking 10 days, people. So I sit down, I, you know, I, and I get as, as you do, you get naked. I fucking, I take, cause again, I will tell you this. I like, actually, I kind of like a small stall when you get naked. Cause then you're just like in there, man. Nobody can peek through the crack in the door and see you. Uh, so I'm in there by myself and, uh, I get naked and then I, you know, you sit down and then unfortunately some things happen. And by things happening, I mean, Elvis has arrived in the building. All right. I didn't think he would. Uh, I went in there as a precaution, but as, as I'm sitting there, I don't know if it's because I'm so low to the ground with my knees in the air. Like, you know how they make women give birth in a swimming pool with their legs are up. All right. I think my ass is lower than my knees. So then my body goes, Oh, well, we got to expel some business here. So I, I wind up doing that, which I don't want to do. Certainly not in public. It's not my want to do that, but it happens. And I'm like, all right, whatever the fuck. And I'm, you know, naked scrolling through my phone. And it's again, it's a ghost town. Cause I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere. All of a sudden I hear a guy and, uh, he comes in and I'm like, uh, you know, whatever the fuck. And then he, unfortunately he fucking, he goes in, he goes in the rolly stall Now he doesn't have wheels. And in my head, I'm like, you son of a bitch. How dare you? How dare you freeze a handicapped guy out? Well, who are you? Me? But he goes in and, uh, and I, I hear him and he just goes, oh shit. He says it out loud because he sees the broken bolt but that's not enough to chase him away. And, uh, and he stays in there and I can tell, look, you can tell by sounds, you can tell by things that are happening. Um, he also has a seat. So he sits down in there and then there's a cacophony of noises that nobody needs to hear in a public place. And I'm sad for hearing them and I'm worse off for even knowing that those exist. So he does his business. I'm doing mine. 
And then people start to come in and I'm hearing them use the, the hand dryers and the sink and the urinals. And again, it's a, it's a shuffling silence that you hear in any public restroom, except for the guy next to me who is having some sort of attack, who has, who has some sort of blowtorch hot air balloon contraption that constantly is making blowing noises. Like, like, I, I don't know what's happening to him, but it's bad. So, uh, I'm like, all right, I get the fuck out of here now. Cause I, I, I give it some time. I finish and I'm like sitting there. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, and so then I, I'm got to leave and I look over and there is no toilet paper in this stall. I mean, not, not even, not even the empty fucking cardboard thing. Not even, not even the metal bar thing. It's empty. It's just a space. It's a void. And then in my head, because again, I'm I'm a weirdo. It's a fancy mall. I look around for a button for a bidet. Because if they don't even have the bar for the fucking toilet paper roll, I figure, well, then they've got to have some sort of robot that cleans your ass. Certainly there's a, an ass cleaning robot on, on call at all times. But I look for a button and uh, nope, no button, no paper. No cardboard tube, no roll. The only thing that's there are those fucking cellophane shells that you put over the seat usually to protect your ass, which is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever thought of in my life. Whenever you walk in there, I'm like, I mean, look, my ass isn't filthy. I know where my ass has been. And I guess you're thinking to yourself, well, other people's asses might be terrible too, but they're, we're all asses. I mean, you sit on chairs in restaurants, you sit in Ikea and I granted without, with shorts on, whatever the fuck I know I'm weird, but I've, I've never used the ass barrier. It's never struck me. You know, if I, if I look, if there's piss all over the, and look, cause I don't sit down in the fucking place anyway, but if there's piss all over the place, I'll just fucking move on or I'll wait. I'll, I, if there's an emergency, it's a different fucking story. And then I don't know, I'll fire hose the fucking thing. Who the fuck knows? But I usually don't use that fucking dainty toilet seat, cellophane cover, whatever the fuck it is, because who the fuck cares? I mean, it's your ass. Go home and take a shower. You shouldn't be shitting in public anyway, you monster. But sometimes, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to because I'm not, you know what? This isn't beneath me, folks. I just popped into my head and I'm going to say it now. Sometimes duty calls. (laughs) And if you don't, I want to end the show on that. I wish I didn't have more fucking story. I'm going to, you know, I might name the show that for fuck's sake. Who knows? (laughs) Duty calls. God damn it. I hate that word. But yet, and yet, and yet, look at me bringing it to fucking light. Uh, So I have no paper. I got no metal bar. I got nothing, man. And so my brain freaks the fuck out because I'm like, all right, I got to pick up my laptop. I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm 30 miles from home. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that meant. I'm 30 miles from home. With a, I, I got to scrub up. Like, what's happening here? Uh, so the dude is the dude next to me. I know he's in there. So, I, I mean, I look, I don't want to fucking talk to anybody. And also, I don't want to get dressed. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I can't get dressed with, with, I mean, that's filth. You can't, that's awful. You can't take a chance. Who the fuck knows? Because I'll tell you what, look, if worse came to worst and I literally had to get dressed in that situation to go looking for whatever the fuck I needed, uh, those clothes are getting burned when I get home. They're getting burned. I, you, you're, I'm too dirty. You're, I'm too dirty to ever use them again. I don't, you could wash them in the hottest of hot waters 
If they were on my filthy body in that state, they get burned, thrown into a fucking, and not even like in a good way. I'm talking thrown into a fucking trash can, man, and just fucking torched. So I'm sitting there, and again, I'm naked. Uh, so I'm, in my head, I'm like, all right, I gotta, I should get dressed. But I'm like, you can't get dressed. They'll fucking burn everything. But this dude's next to me, and I'm like, all right, I don't want to fucking talk to him. I don't want to talk to anybody. And I also don't know the etiquette. Like, how the fuck? There's no phone. I can't call this guy in the shitter. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. <laughs> Yellow. <laughs> Ahoy, hoy. Uh, I don't know the etiquette. Because this has never fucking happened to me, man. So uh, I, all right. So then I, 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 the only thing my mind can think to do, because I'm a fucking genius. I'm in the middle. He's on my right. That's where the handicap stall is. So I, here's what I do, folks. I, uh, I knock on the wall. Like it was, like it was just a shit door. Like I'm like, I'm just gonna, he's going to open the shit door and bail me out. I, I knock on it. And also look, I'm going to tell you this. I know a little bit about porn. Uh, there's a whole genre of porn where, uh, you know, there's, we've talked certainly about glory holes and things like that. Well, with glory holes, um, there, the knocking comes into play and the knocking comes when, uh, when you're about to finish your stint at the glory hole, if that makes any sense. If you're, if you've been racing against time and you're about to reach the finish line, if let's put it this way, if the Kool-Aid man is about to burst out of your cock and go, Oh yeah, you knock in a polite gesture to the, to the lady you hope on the other side of the wall. So she knows what's coming literally. But all I could think to do was knock because there's no hole. There's no, uh, to me, I know he's not going to think it's a sex thing. I hope, I mean, I it can't because I know there's also, you know, the, the, the wide stance and the tapping of the foot and there's, you know, understall porn and all sorts of nonsense that I shouldn't even fucking know about. And fuck you internet. Why do you exist? But, uh, but all I could think to do, I knock, I knock on the fucking wall. Which again, if he's, if he has a brain like me in his mind, he's thinking, well, that guy's coming. I mean, like literally that's the first thing you think, uh, he, because he's a, because he's a normal human being, he doesn't say a fucking word, not a word. So, uh, again, I, and there's that, that silent shuffling in the bathroom, there's sinks rolling, there's all sorts of stuff. And I don't look, I don't want to fucking yell. I don't know what the fuck to do. So all I can do again, I knock again. And he finally, I hear him stir and there's still noises coming from in there. And he goes, are you knocking for me? And the silent shuffling kind of stops. Cause everybody's waiting to hear mine. They're waiting for the next move. Like, I mean, you hear, you hear a voice come out of the shit house. You wonder what the fuck about is about to go down. And, and I just went, dude, I don't want to bother you, but there is no toilet paper in this, in this house. Cause I didn't know. I didn't want to say stall. I said house. Cause I'm a fucking goon. And he, uh, he goes, Oh, I said, I don't know. I don't know how to handle this. And nobody else is saying a fucking word. All right. There are other people in there. I get because the silent shuffling resumes and I go, I don't know how to handle this. Um, but can you like, can you just 
throw me some and I'll give it back. Which is fraught with danger. Because if I, in this internet age, am playing a shit prank on this guy, he gives me the paper, I go, ha ha, and I burn it and I run out. And he's stuck in the shit house with no fucking paper himself. And I got him, I bamboozled him. So he's got to be thinking that. At least that's what I'd be thinking, certainly. So he, uh, there's silence. And again, like I said, the silent shuffling is happening and there's people there and nobody's really jumping in to say anything. And, uh, I, and he just goes, okay. And I'm not lying to you. He says, okay. And I've never felt more relief in my body than when he said, okay. Like just the tension, because my shoulders, I didn't realize it. I was, my whole body was clenched because I'm, I'm talking to a guy in the shitter. I don't want to talk to anybody in real life. And I'm in the shitter having a silent conversation through a shit wall with a shit guy. I don't want to fuck make that happen. But I, I, I just, I, he just goes, okay. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I like, I exhale. I'm just, thank you. Silent shuffling sink. And this all, this, this seems like it's taking an hour. It's gotta be a minute, but I, I he says, okay. And I go, ah, I exhale and I'm not kidding. I literally hear a gasp, a gasp. Now, again, it could be anybody. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of dudes in this fucking head. I don't know who's gasping. I don't know what the fuck is happening. It could have been, you know what? Maybe a guy's dick hit the fucking urinal cake. Maybe some guy got too hot of water out of the sink. All I know is there's a gasp and I don't say anything. And he goes, holy shit. And I, and I just go, what? And he says, there's no paper in here either. And now all the tension runs back into my body. My, I clench up. My kidneys are in pain again, even though I don't think this is the, the actual pain. It's just, I think this is all just psychosis. And, I, and it's that thing where, you know, uh, that, that camera shot where they focus on your face, but then you go all the way down a hallway. That's what it is. I just, this realization now that I'm going to have to put clothes on in this filthy state. The fact that I'm going to have to get dressed and do whatever I, I go for help. I, I don't know what the fuck to do. And, uh, he says, holy shit, there's no paper in here either. And I'm like, I clench up and I go, are you serious? He goes, yeah. Now, man, look, this is more than a conversation I ever wanted to have through a fucking shit wall. I never wanted to do this, but now it's an emergency. And I'm like, oh man. I, like, And that's to me. I don't say that like, oh man. I'm like, oh man. And out of nowhere the voice of an angel. You guys need toilet paper? I don't know who this guy is. He's some nameless, faceless voice in the void. But it comes and it sounds like the most beautiful music I've ever heard in my life. And I just go, yeah. He says, hold on. And I don't know if it's a maintenance man who's going to leave. Because hold on. I don't know what hold on means. It's like, you know who I felt like at that point? I'm Catherine Martin in the well in Silence of the Lambs. No, you fucking bitch. No, don't leave me. No. 
When fucking Clarice goes, I'll be right back. You're safe. No, I'm not safe. I'm sitting here filthy and naked. I need help. Hold on. But all I can do at that point is I'm, you know, it's straight fucking Kansas, man. You got to hold on, baby. Hold on. And I hear this dude, this kid, this woman, this man, this, this creature of sweetness and light, whoever the fuck it is, my savior, my guardian angel, my, my own personal Curtis Sliwa goes into the stall next to me on the left, starts rummaging around. And, uh, he says, there's some in here. And I hear him trying to get it out of the fucking wall. He's like, do you want me to just tear some off for you? I'm like, no, just fucking give me the wall, dude. Like, I'm like, at that point, again, you're my angel. But if you, if I, if you think you know how much I need. And then the other guy goes, yeah, I need it too. And so now it's a fucking thing. Like we're, we have a, a chorus of stalls yelling into the night, trying to get fucking toilet paper. So the guy's like, okay. And he goes here. And so I am, you know, I'm, I'm in the stall and, um, I, I don't know if he's going to bring it to the door and knock or hand it through. I don't fucking know. So I, I, I don't know why what possessed me to do it, but I reach my hand under the stall, which I know, I know from porn is not the move. That's not what you're supposed to fucking do. But at this point, I'm just trying to get a roll of toilet paper and get the fuck out of here, get my laptop and go fucking do a show for you people. God damn it. I'm trying to escape what is quite frankly, the eighth circle of hell. Dante's shit Ferno. Jesus Christ. So I reach my hand underneath the stall on my left and I'm not kidding you. This fucking dude tosses it over the wall. He doesn't, he doesn't even see my hand or he doesn't, I don't, he ignores it, whatever the fuck he goes here. And I reach under the stall and he, it just, it just comes over the top. Like the streamers at a Japanese wrestling show. It just, it's got a tail on it and it fucking, it's still kind of attached in the other stall and it the the I can, I go to try to catch it and it hits my hands and falls to the crugs. I can't lean because I don't want to fall on my face, ass up, face down in a goddamn shit house. But it hits my hands and I fucking deflect it and I and, and it starts to roll and I stop it with my hand. But it, now it's literally it's over the top of the stall into the other stall and I've just I got the roll and there's this huge fucking streamer tail and it's just like am I in a it's like I'm in a shit carnival. Like, what the fuck is this? You're throwing this over. Do you have a maypole? Do we have a shit maypole? What are you doing, man? But I can't yell at the fucking guy. I'm just like, thanks. And uh, and also, this is only like a half roll, man. There's not a fuck ton of it. And it's also that thin, fucking, horrible, quality fuck that you can read through prison toilet paper. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, this is a fancy-ass mall. Dudes, do me a favor. Save some money on the combination faucet slash blow dryer and buy something with a two-ply thickness so someone's not going to get shit fingers trying to get the fuck out of your goddamn, your your luxury shit house. Because it is, it's gorgeous. There's fucking marble and iron and wrought iron sculptures and fucking 10 mirrors and all sorts of shit. But dude, no paper? Do you just think because it's so nice we want to stay here forever? What the fuck? So I, I start just fucking you know, unrolling hunks and fucking taking care of whatever business I got to take care of. And then, uh, and then I stand up and I, I, I start to get dressed and I'm fucking, you know, I, 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 it flushes automatically and I open the stall. I go to walk out and I walk right over and I, I boil my fucking hands because you got to watch, if you got to, you know, use that fucking one ply, it doesn't matter how many layers you got. You still feel like you're in the fucking woods wiping with leaves. It's just a fucking mess. And I'm washing my hands 
and I'm, I, I fucking boil them in the hot water and then I use the fucking dryer and then I boil them again and I use the fucking dryer. And, uh, I will tell you this. Thankfully, when I walk out, the dude who threw it over, he's gone. He had the, he had the good sense to disappear. He just, he just Willy wonked me. So shined a good deed in a weary world. And he tossed me an everlasting gobstopper, everlasting gobstopper. And I fucking used it. And he was gone. He didn't, he didn't want to see my face and I didn't want to see his. And, uh, and I fucking boil my hands and I fucking dry them. And then I go grab some hand towels. I go to walk out. And as I'm walking out of the shit house, I just hear, Hey, and I realize the one dude is still trapped with a shit ass in the rolly house. And I'm, I fucking go, Oh my God. Out loud. I go, dude, I'm so sorry. And, uh, and I, and, and I, part of me, honestly, wishes I had left part of me wishes I had almost left him trapped in there. Just there's a, there's a famous story called the cask of Amontillado where a guy gets walled up in a wine cellar and left to die. And I, I, I think of that in terms of this dude in the roly shit house with no paper, just being there for all eternity with a shit ass and unable to escape. There was an old school fucking horror movie that had like Vincent price in it. And, uh, in the middle of the movie, some guy got locked in a fucking box like that and suspended from the ceiling. And then all these other tortures took place. And then finally these people storm the castle and they liberate all the prisoners. And then they're closing the door of the dungeon. And this guy says, we will seal this house of horrors. So never again will anyone enter and torment anyone for the rest of our lives. And he slams the door and then the camera pans over to the box hanging above the fucking floor with the guy with the fucking gag on who can't yell for help. And he realizes he's now going to starve to death in that fucking box. And that is what I thought of when I thought of the guy in the roly fucking shit house, just trapped fucking not knowing what to do, but I took pity. I took pity because someone had helped me, man. You got to move it forward. You got to pass it along. And I, uh, and I went over and I, and I grabbed the roll and I said, over or under, he goes, what? I go over under you. He goes, give it to me. And I was, so I just, I fucking lobbed it in and just, and bailed and walked the fuck out. <laughs> went to the Apple store. Still didn't feel clean. Just did not feel clean, but grabbed my stuff and got the fuck out of there. Drove home, came in, put my fucking computer on the desk took a shower for like a month. Cause I just, I just felt awful. Did my laundry because I don't care if you, you know, I, I, yes, I was, I took care of what I needed to take care of, but not to the extent I usually like to take care of it. And I don't want to shit in public ever. So I got to burn those fucking clothes or wash them in the hottest water, which I did. And then I got dressed. I came over, I opened my computer and, uh, by the time I sat down with it, I'm like, all right, now I got to re Because now, I won't lie to you, I forgot. I put my computer down. I'm like, all right, now I can record later. Well, then I open it up and uh, I forget that I've got to reinstate all of my fucking information. I've got to put all of the programs. I, you know, I've got to reboot it with the backup. So I put the backup on and it's starting to load. And now it's getting late. Now it's like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And it tells me it's going to be two hours. And I started texting with Max and I'm like, look, man, I'm, I'm not even sure if there's going to be a show this week because I mean, I didn't tell him what was going on physically. He just knew I was in pain and you know, I, I, and he's just like, all right, well, you got to take care of yourself, whatever. And, and so the computer's rebooting and then it's doing that thing where it's like, it'll be ready in two hours. It'll be ready in three hours. It'll be ready in four hours. And I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gonna have to record super late. And then 
as it's rebooting, I'm in my house, my apartment, whatever the fuck. And, uh, with a fucking vengeance, pain comes back. Kidneys. It just, it just fucking lays me out. And I, and I'm again, laying down in in a, in a ball and trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I, and the computer's rebooting and I'm laying there and it, it, it's this pain that I can feel in my eyes. Like it was fucking crazy dudes. And, uh, again, still pissing blood. And then I go and I finally fall to sleep and then I wake up and I, I did the show you got last week where I gave you a, a, a you know, whatever the fuck up top and then an older <laughs> rerun. I probably could have made a show work, but I just sitting still was fucking death and just, and just churning it out would have been, I I could have done five, 10 minutes at a time and then stopped and then had to stitch it all together. I just, it didn't feel right and it didn't feel fair. And, and you know, I, I push myself because you guys, you're, you're awesome and you give me your time every week and you deserve a fucking show. And, but I couldn't, I just couldn't. So Wednesday, the pain hammered me Thursday. It was there. Um, I will say that, I apologize. I was still pissing blood up until Sunday. Uh, I will say that a couple more times I pissed out what looked like clots, whatever the fuck they are. And I will say that I have not been to the doctor. Um, my buddy Jeff offered me money. I picked up my brother Lenny and he, you know, I told him what was going on and he's just like, you gotta go to the doctor. I'm like, I know he goes, no, you you gotta go, dude. You have to go. I'm like, yeah, I don't have any insurance. He's like, it doesn't matter. You're fucking, you're pissing blood, dude. I'm like, I I know, I know, but it'll be fine. And he's just like, dude, it's not fine. How much? I'll pay. Everybody's very generous. Everybody's very nice. But, uh, but you know, you, uh, you don't want to be weak. And yes, it's stubborn. And yes, it's probably foolish. But, uh, but as of Sunday, I turned a bit of a corner and, uh, it does not feel like there's a knife pointing into my cock when I jerk off anymore. It doesn't, uh, occasionally it happens. It flares up. It does still feel like the whistle with a pebble in there. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I will say I, I, <laughs> I know this is a weird triumph, but I haven't pissed blood since Sunday. <laughs> weird flex. I get it. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, it's funny in the old movies, they would say, Hey hey, man, any day above ground is a good day. Well, you know, any day you're not pissing blood. That's a goddamn victory as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, so here we are, man, year 12. And, uh, that's why we didn't get a new show last week. And you're probably regretting that we got a new show this week. And, uh, and I don't think there's any doubt if there's one thing we can at least come together and agree on this, this show in particular this is the show that is absolutely going to keep me off Saturday Night Live. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at Twitch.com. Nope, no, don't follow me at Twitter. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't streamed in so in fucking forever. I'll tell you about that on the other side. Uh, you guys can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. Uh, I'm at Instagram and Snapchat at Mike40YOB. Add me on there. Be a friend. Be a pal. Why not? Bring me, bring me a, be a compadre. Be a, be a comrade. Be a chum. Uh, 
That's Instagram and Snapchat. I'm Mike40YOB. Add me on there. Please, 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 as Roger Robert would say. Uh, our friend Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show. He's available at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Be his friend, be his pal. Tell him he's the best. Why not? And of course, all the music and all of the artwork is done by our great friend, our great friend, David Hernandez. What you want to do is you want to be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. And when you do that, you can get in there and look at all of his photos and, his, and scroll through all the artwork that he's done in the past for this show and for other projects. And by doing that, you can also become a member of his closed Facebook group. Uh, that's called That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb, We're Dumb, Everything's Fucking Dumb. And that uh, exists there on Facebook. Becoming his friend on Facebook is the key. Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. And then you can see uh, all the artwork he's done and you can go ahead and check out the way to get into the group. And then he's going to ask you three questions and you're going to answer them properly. And then you'll be in the group and everybody will be happy. And you'll see a bunch of memes, uproarious memes. Max creates artwork. Max creates memes. All the, uh, he's got, He might be creating a comic strip soon. The man's a busy man. Uh, but you can get a, a real peek into the window of his life by going to facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and then joining his group. This is dumb. That's dumb. We're dumb. Everybody's dumb. The whole fucking world is dumb. That exists on Facebook. Go ahead and join that. And also he's got a website you can check out artbydmh.com. On Facebook, you can see a lot of his caricature work, a lot of the characters he's created, not only for uh, our, our webs, uh, the Westside 86 Jokers page. Uh, he's done so much great artwork for that. And of course he's done all the artwork for this show forever and ever for years and years, but he creates tons of characters for the, uh, the Facebook page that this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb page. And, uh, and then sometimes he just posts stuff from his sketchbook. That's brilliant. But if you want to get a handle and also you can hire him, like I said, hire him through Facebook at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez or hire him at his website. That's artbydmh.com. You can get a handle for the caricatures and, the, and all of that stuff via Facebook. If you want to see more of his corporate type stuff, things that he's done in the past, you can go to the website and check that out there. Uh, it, regardless, you want to contact this dude and hire him to do something cool for you. He can do whatever you need, something, something quick and down and dirty or something fucking involved, oil paintings or caricatures, sketches, whatever the fuck you need. This guy can make it happen for you. He is the best. And like I said, I can't express to you enough the turnaround time, uh, the care the skill, uh, the level of commitment that he puts into every project is astonishing to me. And he is well worth your time and well worth your money. Please go to facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and find him there or go to his website, artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. Got a surprise especially for you Something that both of us have always wanted to do We've waited so long Waited so long We've waited so long Waited so long I'm gonna take you on a trip so far from here I've got two tickets in my pocket now baby We're gonna disappear We've waited so long Waited so long Waited so long 
so long I got two tickets to paradise Won't you pack your bags, we'll leave tonight I got two tickets to paradise I got two tickets to paradise I'm gonna take you on a trip so far from here I've got two tickets in my pocket now, baby We're gonna disappear You know why? We've waited so long We've waited so long We've waited so long Waited so I got two tickets to paradise Won't you pack your bags, we'll leave tonight I got two tickets to paradise Won't you pack your bags, we'll leave tonight I got two tickets to paradise Won't you pack your bags, we'll leave tonight I got two tickets to paradise I got Two tickets to paradise. See, what did I tell you about turnaround time? That man gets it done. That's David Mex Hernandez and uh, bringing you some Eddie Money, whom we lost this past week. Man, all the fucking wrong 70-year-old dudes are dying. What a fucking drag. Um, we lost Eddie Money, and which, which also we lost uh, me and our buddy Pat Francis doing real money uh, recaps for his for his pot, rock solid podcast. But they were fun while they lasted. Uh, and Eddie Money was your first, not your first, but you know, in the seventies there were those blue collar dudes, Springsteen and Bob Seger and Eddie Money. And you know, Eddie Money actually came from the fucking streets in New York. He was a cop, and then he, he was a fucking rock star. Who played in bands at night and. He he was your definition of a guy who just fucking uh, who just fought hard and made it. You know what I mean? It wasn't one of those guys where you were blown away and everybody's like, "Oh, he's the fucking best." Were, that dude just fucking grinded and grinded and ground and grinded whatever the fuck past tense. He was grinding whatever the fuck you want to say, and uh, and he got it done. And and he knew what he fucking wanted. And he had great songs. And there was one of them. That's our buddy David uh, busting it out and making it happen. And and uh, and we thank him for going ahead and sending that our way. Um, and see, that's what he does. He's fucking home. He's working. He's painting. I got a rock in my cock and this fucking guy's getting shit done. That's, that's fucking how it works, man. Thank God. One of us is able to fucking stand up straight and take care of business. Um, we have sponsors for this show. Did you know that we do our fantastic friend, fearful Jesuit over there at the paranoid strain podcast. That's right. The paranoid strain available now in the iTunes store. And uh, this month's show, what's it about? Well, you're, I know you're asking. It's about the moon landing, ladies and gentlemen, the moon landing. Uh, I will admit, I am behind. Uh, the Jesuit's going to fucking murder me. Um, I haven't been able to listen. I downloaded it, and then on the plane, it just, 
I, I, uh, concentrating for long periods of time has been difficult for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm preferring to sleep and moan a lot recently. Um, that's no excuse though. Our buddy, our buddy Jesuit is, he, he gets it done and he fucking makes amazing things happen. In case in point, this episode about the moon landing, um, you know, he brings back his friends, Willem UFO. He talks to him about stuff. They, uh, they talk about moon landing hoaxes that were ginned up back in the 19th century. He talks about all that kind of stuff. Uh, he talks about conspiracies. He debunks them because that's what he does in the paranoid strain. He fucking debunks conspiracies. He tears them apart. He rips them asunder. If you will, he and Dana unicorn, get it done and fucking tell you what you need to hear about things like the moon landing. And people go, I guess there are people like, Oh, we didn't land on the moon. Fuck you. Fearful Jesuits here to tell you, fuck off. We totally landed on the moon, man. Uh, we didn't land on the moon, man. We landed on the moon, comma, man. See, punctuation is very important. The paranoid strain is available now in the iTunes store. Go ahead and download that if you will, as Dusty Rhodes would say. Go ahead and grab it. Like I said, listen to the Moon Landing episode. Subscribe. You know what? Subscribe to the show. Listen to all the past episodes about assassination, about uh, posse comatatus, and all that other motherfucking stuff that's going on. Because this world is increasingly upside down and topsy-turvy, and you need somebody to make sense of it. And that man is fucking fearful Jesuit at the compound up north. The Paranoid Strain Podcast. You can reach them via email, theparanoidstrain at gmail.com, theparanoidstrain at gmail.com, please reach out to them. Tell them you love the show. You heard about it through us. Uh, go ahead and leave an, a review in the iTunes store. Go ahead and talk about how fantastic the show is. Talk about the uh, how much you love it, where you found it too. Because again, it lets it lets uh, our good friend Jesuit know that we're hitters and that you're listening and you're, you're hearing about the show via us because then he'll continue to sponsor. Although honestly, he's probably going to fucking kill me because I haven't fucking listened yet because he's going to murder me. He's a very nice man. He puts out the episode. He sends it to me early. I had it a fucking week early and I still didn't fucking get to listen to it. God damn it. I fucking hate myself. All right. So, uh, but good for him. He's a lovely man. And I thank him for stepping up and going ahead and putting out that show. The paranoid strain podcast available now in the iTunes store. Go ahead and grab it for you and yours. Uh, and then write him a note and tell him you love it. And you can actually, uh, I don't know if he does the voicemail anymore. Of course, if I fucking listened, I'd know. God damn it. Don't stop beating yourself up, man. You got a fucking boulder in your cock. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, this is a whole lot of fucking imagery for this fucking first week. I don't know how I top it. Maybe I don't. Maybe this is it. Year 12 is one episode. Who wants to book me for cameo? Is it you? Perhaps it is. We got to get back to the money-making grind, folks. If you want me to make a phone call to you and your special friends, I don't know if they're your special friends, but somebody who you might know, go ahead and reach out and touch faith and got, book me through Cameo. That, that's an app you can download to your phone or you can go to bookcameo.com. And it's funny, I just found out like other comedian friends of mine are on there, like uh, comedians that I would consider to be uh, in my pay grade, I guess, you know, because I've been telling you about all these famous people over there. But now I'm finding out a bunch of fucking people I know are on Cameo. And why not? And also now there's like a fake Cameo who called me and they're like, you should be on our thing. And I'm like, dude, nobody wants to book me on Cameo. They're going to book me for your fucking thing. But I mean, I guess the important thing is you just scoop people up. You know what I mean? It's like when we did all the podcasts and Audible fucking sponsored everybody in the beginning. They're like, and I was like, I'm so stupid. I didn't take the money. I'm like, nah, I go, I want you to actually care about my show. I know you're sponsoring everybody in a shotgun fashion, but I want you to actually you know what my show's about. That's why I had to deal with Tweaked and people like that or Jesuit. These are people who like my show, so I like doing business with them. Uh, but in reality, right now, I need fucking money. So, I mean, if someone came along and went, hey, man, do you like, oh, I don't know, getting punched in the dick? Yes, I do. Should I tell people about it? How much? Cameos like that. Well, not like a punch in the dick, but it's like, it's, you know, if you, I'll get paid if you use me. So go ahead and find me on Cameo. And I won't be doing these long ass ones anymore. I think that's one of the problems is I was doing these fucking, I did a 12 minute one for somebody. Nobody wants a fucking 12 minute fucking video call from me. Jesus Christ. Uh, but if you want to book me on cameo, you can do that. It's available now. Book that, uh, put that app on your phone and find me. 
I'm always lurking. I'm always there. And I'm always ready to give you the business, <laughs> the fucking business. Who wants to drive for Uber and Lyft? Is it you? Is it our friend Brian who wants to drive for Uber and Lyft? I love Brian. He's out there now toiling and hustling, getting me a $50 bonus. They've slashed all the fucking bonuses, man. It used to be like $500 and shit like that. Now it's fucking nothing. But I still would like you to do it. If you want to do it, please use my code. If you're a first-time Uber or Lyft rider, you can use my code. For Uber, it's DJZW1YTTUE. That's all lowercase. DJZW, the number one, Y-T-T-U-E, all lowercase on those letters. And if you want to be a first-time rider for Lyft, use my code Mike720057. That's all capital letters, M-I-K-E 720057, Mike720057. Use that if you're a rider. I found out it only gets me credit for Lyft rides and Uber rides, which fucking blows, man. But uh, but still use it because, I mean, what the fuck? Maybe I'll stockpile credit and get a ride somewhere. Who the fuck? I'll get driven somewhere but not home. I don't fucking know how I'm going to use those, but use the code anyway. Maybe eventually they'll go, hey, let's give them money. I don't know what they'll fucking do. They're going to fall apart. Uber's on their fucking way out. Here in L.A., they signed a fucking thing that makes all of Uber's employees, employees, like people who drive now are considered employees. And Uber just went, nah, we're not going to obey that. So there's going to be a fucking flurry of litigation. I'm excited for that as I drive people around in my Camry. <laughs> Wee! I'll take you to the store. Meanwhile, Titans are fighting in court over billions of dollars. I'm making nine cents. Uh, but I want to make that nine cents. Why not? So if you're going to want to drive for Uber or Lyft, haven't I painted a rosy picture of it? Use the codes that I just gave you to do the same uh, as a driver. DJZW1YTTUE for Uber. And then, of course, the always popular Mike720057 for Lyft. Fighting off a yawn. Mike seven two double five. Mike seven two double zero five seven four. Lift. Use those codes, please, and get it all done. Get it all done for Daddy. Hi, I'm him. Uh, how creepy is that? All right. So, hey, have I told you about our YouTube channel? We've got one. It's presently thanks to my buddy KC because I was laid up with a fucking throbbing kidney and whatever the fuck and a rock in my cock. Fucking KC went ahead and uploaded all of the stuff. We're current. We're right now. We're absolutely current up to. The interlude, and I think even last week's episode might have been uploaded. Um, although maybe not. We might not be putting up the fucking, which was episode seriously here, of course. Um, because I just, I was just, of course I got sick the first fucking week. But now we're back in the swing of things. So go to the YouTube channel, subscribe. That would really help me out if you subscribe. So it would let them know that people are looking and checking it out. Uh, watching, you know, getting the podcast from there isn't a bad thing either. And I will tell you, I have grandiose plans for year 12. I said words are cheap, so I don't want to fucking bore you with it. Once things are in motion and things are happening, I can tell you more about it. But uh, I plan on utilizing the YouTube channel more. That's all I can say. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Then you'll always know when a video goes up, Um, in particular, the podcast, because right now we're archiving all the podcasts on there. So go ahead and check those out. I'd appreciate it. Sign up and become a member. Uh, Follow along on the YouTube channel. Subscribe, please. It helps me out. Uh, We have an Amazon page. If you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com and you go to our uh, merchandise page, which is the Joe business page. There's an Amazon link. Now you're shopping at Amazon. Anyway, we know this. So click on that follows through. You're already in there shopping with our uh, thing linked. And then uh, we get money. They get money. You get stuff. It's a perfect uh, symbiotic relationship. You know, you're already using Amazon. So why not use our code? It costs you nothing, man. It costs you five seconds of your time to find Mike the merchandise page and click through on the Amazon link. And then you're shopping and we get credit. And I'll tell you what, after having being laid up, 
with uh, with uh, with whatever the fuck has been happening. Um, helping me out by using the Amazon page is a really cool thing to do. So if you would do that, I'd appreciate it because because uh, I don't know I don't know what October looks like. September, where you know I've got to get back on Twitch, which I'll tell you about in a second too. Because you know Twitch brings in some cash on the side. All these side hustles, man. It's Amazon. It's Twitch. It's Patreon, which I'm going to tell you about. These things keep me afloat. And when I have a fucking, you know, that's the thing. We're all, it's scary, man. Like I said, my buddy Dave, he's, he's on strike. We're all one cataclysmic event from sleeping in a sleeping bag for fuck's sake. So um, I appreciate every dime you send or anytime you take the time to use my links or click on those or support the show. It helps me out immeasurably. I can't tell you how much. Um, so please thank you for thinking of me and, and, uh, and constantly going ahead and using these links because it keeps it keeps the show alive. It keeps me alive for fuck's sake. I, I can't even, you know, it's like I can't even make it like, well, you know, the, it sort of helps. No, fuck that, dude. You guys, it really keeps me alive. It does it pays my bills. So and and coming forward in the next year, like I said, I'll be doing live stuff and it funds that and all sorts of plans and things. But thank you so much for using these links. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page. Click on the Amazon link. And again, costs you nothing to use it, man. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. It works out perfectly. Thank you for thinking of me. Um, Patreon exists. Let's welcome our newest subscriber, our good friend, Matthew Henshaw, who has shown up. And although he's not my newest, I've had two new ones this month. Our buddy Matthew Henshaw stepped up. Thank you so much, Matthew Henshaw, for going ahead and jumping in and pledging. And also, here's this, our good friend, Ron L. Whitaker. Thank you, Ron L. Whitaker. Thank you for stepping up and pledging and becoming a new Patreon patron. Uh, Patreon exists. If you go to patreon.com, you can find me on there. Search Mike Schmidt or search the 40-year-old boy. Find the page and go ahead and jump in. And again, as I've mentioned, plans are afoot for 2020. Plans are afoot for year 12 to incorporate a whole lot more and make my media presence that much larger, that much bigger, and getting you on board and, and doing what we can. And you becoming patrons at Patreon really helps and, and will give you a window into a lot of stuff when I'm traveling. I'm... I'm excited and uh, and a little intimidated. I won't lie about using the things that I need to use. But thank you, Ron L. Whitaker. Thank you, Matthew Henshaw. And thank you, everybody who's a Patreon patron. Thank you so much for stepping up. And uh, and in the next, you know, in the coming year, 2020, and also year 12, um, we'll start utilizing that a lot more, utilizing YouTube a lot more, and utilizing Twitch a lot more. Twitch.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Um, or no, sorry, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. If you just Google Twitch, the 40 year old boy, Mike Schmidt, whatever you'll find me, uh, playing video games, streaming on there and letting people see me do fancy things with fancy people all the time. I was playing world of Warcraft before I got laid the fuck out by whatever the fuck is going on in my back. Uh, but now I'm ready to dive back in tomorrow is Thursday and I'm going to stream in the afternoon. Um, and I'm excited. I want to go ahead and get back on board. I want to start playing different games. I love when people show up and hang out and, you know, you can actually subscribe there with an Amazon prime subscription that helps me out. It costs you nothing. Um, all of you are cool for thinking of me. And again, the side hustle skip us afloat, uh, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, patreon.com slash the 40 year old boy, the YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe to that as more videos will start going up on there. And, uh, and thank you all for thinking of me and making all of this happen. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We did. I mentioned Eddie Money, and uh, and then our friend David came through with a with a fucking amazing piece of work. Um, but after Eddie Money, you know, they always say these things come in threes. Now I don't know Daniel Johnston's work. I understand a lot of people were moved by it, but I don't. I'm not aware of him, and I'm not sure he's on David's radar either. So we have no Daniel Johnston tribute. But if you lost him and he was someone that you cared about, I'm sorry. 
But I will tell you that uh, Eddie Money was someone, you know, that he was always a part of my life. I mean, I liked his music very much. And then I saw him live a couple of times and I did these shows with Pat. Uh, he seemed to be kind of a constant presence. But um, but then we lost Rico Kasich. And, uh, and, and that's, for me, in my opinion, I, I think, you know, and I don't want to say bigger losses, whatever the fuck, everybody's a loss. And, uh, and like I said, man, the wrong 70-year-old people are dying in this fucking country. But Rick Ocasek, first of all, I was shocked to find out he was 75 years old. He's older than Rod Stewart. That made no fucking sense to me at all. But we lost him. I don't know how long he'd been sick. I don't even know the details of his death. I just know that he passed because I, I'm, I'm beyond caring how a guy died. I'm just mourning the fact that he did. And uh, the Cars, you know, I'm not going to say they were my favorite band of all time, but I will say that their debut album is for my money, uh, along with Appetite for Destruction, the best debut albums of all time. And uh, it's funny, there's a woman I follow on Twitter and she said, imagine these being your your top, your first three songs. Um, and she had the, the like the, the Cars album, uh, you know, the first Cars album. And she took a screenshot of of you know, the, the, the track listing and the first three songs are good times roll my best friend's girl and just what I needed. And that's incredible. I mean, that's, that's your first three fucking songs on your debut album. Well, you're done. I mean, you're, that's, you, you don't have to do anything else, but yet, yet there's six more tracks and, and they're all great. All right. But I would, I would say for me, for my money, uh, I think the last four songs eclipse the first three songs on that album. You got Good Times Roll, My Best Friend's Girl, and Just What I Needed, which are fucking huge, amazing hit songs. Monsters. Absolute monsters. Triumphs. But that album closes with You're All I've Got Tonight, and then a three-song suite that is all connected, Bye Bye Love, Moving in Stereo, and All Mixed Up. For me... Uh, that three song suite is, is as good or better than the three songs that open the album. And you put your all I've got tonight on top of that. Holy fuck. But bye bye love moving in stereo and all mixed up. Dude, all mixed up is an underrated song. What a fucking sonic powerhouse lyrically, musically, Elliot Easton, an amazing guitarist, Benjamin Orr. I, I, I watched old clips. I went to find old clips of the cars. Just that thing where you dive back into a hole. I had no idea. Benjamin Orr was fucking Rutger Hauer sleepy after a long night of tantric sex hot. I mean, Benjamin Orr is a fucking hot dude. As weird looking as Rick Ocasek was, that's how hot Benjamin Orr was. And Ocasek wrote all these fucking songs. And then I'm reading more about him as a producer. And, you know, he brings Weezer to light and he, he produces Bad Brains. He has his solo career. He makes the other Cars albums. You know, they make the, they make the Cars. And then for me, Candio is as much of a masterpiece as the first album. Candio, dude, fucking, I, I, I'm telling you, the the... Candio's amazing. I used to stare at that cover when I was a kid. All right. I was fucking, I loved that cover so much because I was fucking, what was I, 12 when it came out? I stared at it and we listened to that album over and fucking over. And, uh, you know, Let's Go is is a unbelievable masterpiece. One of the greatest pop songs of all time. There's a clip of Prince doing it on YouTube. And I like to imagine Prince hearing that song and going, God damn, I wish I would have wrote that. Let's Go is a perfect song. Uh, and it's we used it in an interlude a few years ago, as a matter of fact, um, because it, I identify a very specific moment of my childhood with that song. And it was in the, one of the interludes from like four years ago. Max did a version of it. Um, but there's a song called It's All I Can Do on Candio. That is, again, for me, another perfect pop song. I think Let's Go is perfect, but It's All I Can Do 
it has this kind of floaty ethereal sound and the choruses are are they hang there i mean it is it's all i can do is a perfect song candio is a fucking phenomenal song uh that, that whole album again a masterpiece just like the first album um and then they come back with heartbeat city in 85 and and just i mean and of course i'm I'm skipping shake it up i'm skipping panorama and and heartbeat city is 85 or 84 i don't remember but it's just it's got fucking 10 hits on it for fuck's sake including uh, a song that david did a version of and has become identifiable with the show because it was used during what a lot of people consider to be the seminal episode of this podcast um in 2013 and uh and so I'm I'm uh, I'm going to use it here now because Rick Ocasek is a uh, is gone and and it's unfortunate and we had the you know a, a tribute to Eddie Money earlier but and it was funny once we lost Rick Ocasek I knew I was going to be playing this but then um, but then David sent along the Eddie Money so I'm like well fuck I'm going to use them both because why not why wouldn't you if you got double brilliance why wouldn't you go two fisted at somebody so you got to hear his tribute to Eddie Money earlier. And uh, re- he recorded this years ago. Um, and and I, he always wants me to do this. Please know that he recorded this. You know, and he, he didn't have actual studio quality recording equipment. This was just him in his house with the piano. And, uh, and I don't care. Sometimes you can make magic out of, out of what you have. And uh, as long as you have David, you have fucking magic. So uh, we will leave you with this. One of my favorite things David has ever done.
who's gonna hold you down when you shake? Who's gonna come around when you break? You can't go. Tonight. Tonight.